Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. The Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. It is episode number 194. It is Monday, September the 28th, 2020. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. As always, I'm Joe Morata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy, diddy. How is your autumn going so far? Autumn. Autumn damn near killed him. I still have like all the short sleeves and (laughs) shorts. I I don't even like, I'm like, I don't want to get... Pull the jeans out and all this. I'm in that conversion mode where I'm wearing a hoodie, but with shorts. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I, I did it here. <laughs> you did yeah, it on the way yeah, here. Yeah. Exactly. And folks, whether you're wearing shorts or pants or going commando, we don't really care. We're just happy that you're listening to us here. But I do have a command for you. Uh, go to Twitter at OVP Podcast, and you can uh, follow us there for drama-free wrestling clips. That's where like just dozen clips a day of on this day type of stuff. No hot takes or like big commentary and arguments. Just fun. Just hot clips. Just hot clips. The yeah. hottest of clips. Yes. Even as the weather cools down. Uh, you can also email us if you want to at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a nice place to talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics. Where is it again? It's over at uh, Facebook slash clips. Yes, Facebook like, slash uh, clips. Facebook slash hot clips. Let's, <laughs> get it, let's get it right. Please get it right. Sorry, anyway, yeah. over at Facebook slash hot clips, it's a great website. Uh, they got a search bar over there. They got tech. It's it's really fascinating. I'm impressed by the tech. And, and you type in the search bar, our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing, bang, boom. Tubes, gore, complete. All the ceremonial salt, right. all that stuff. It, it happens. You see the group button. You click it. You're in. That's all you have to do. And then you can go talk about the wrestling. Oh, wow. That's easy. Yeah. And what you do is you agree to one rule. That's the only rule you have to agree Terms to on there. Terms of service. <laughs> yeah, toss. Yeah. And it is, don't be what? A dingus. Don't be a that's dingus. That's literally the whole term to service. It comes up and says, don't be a dingus, question mark. Except. Except or dingus. deny or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Except or deny because you yeah. are a dingus. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you are familiar at all with talking about wrestling on the internet, you know that some people are really passionate about their beliefs because they've got to be right. You have to be right. This is very important. It's, it's very important in this world. You may be right. I may be crazy. I, but you know what? We might just be the lunatics you've been searching for over on Facebook. So go to the group. Just be respectful. That's what it is to not be a dingus. Be nice. You don't have to agree, but just be nice about no personal attacks. As don't. I've said before, you can say, I respectfully disagree. That That is a that is yes. an acceptable non-dingus answer <laughs> right. when you are not agreeing with somebody. Correct. Oh, also say hi to Chuck Mess over there. Yeah, So that's course. over on... <laughs> you have to. Uh, that's over on Facebook. Also, if you like OVP, maybe you've been listening for a couple of weeks, couple of months, or even since we've been doing this, which is almost four years. If you want to support us, there's a really good way to do that. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You get a lot of content, and that's the pitch. That's the whole pitch. You get a lot of content. Lots of content for very low prices. Very low prices. The highest price is five bucks a month. And if you want to sign up there, you're going to get every pay-per-view review that we do. WrestleMania 7 is coming out in October. Rumble 91 is out now. We appreciate it, but one way or another, we're happy that you're listening to us. So again, if you want to support us, it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, 
We're counting down to uh, to episode 200. This is 194. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Our, our bicentennial is coming I, up. I, 200 years. I crazy, right? I mean, I can't believe we're already in the 194th year. It's been quite uh, two centuries here. It has been, and some of you fans have been with us for all 200 almost episodes, plus specials, of course. Remember uh, when that Declaration of Independence, <laughs> that was like a newer type thing? Yeah, no, it was like, new. I remember we signed it. You know, yeah, we were, they were, we were there the- 50 years before the show started or whatever. But And some of you fans have been with us maybe just a couple of months, but either way, we're thankful for you guys. So all season long, we've been taking your requests for things to talk about in our opening segment, your questions and topics and things like that, where we have our intern come in here with the mail sack. Oh, That's right. Come on in, young man. Yeah. Young, nice to see you again. Boy. Hello, hello, boy. He hasn't been around for 200 years. No, yeah, no. He's he, brand new. He, we just brought him only in. Only for maybe like three years yeah, or something. Yeah, he's fresh out of high school. Yeah. And he's going to bring the mail. Okay, set it down. Right right, right by Quinn and me. Right there. Okay, Put, thank you. Okay. Right, you can go back you. to you your go. office or whatever. Go do whatever you got to okay. do. Uh, Quinn, we're going to open one up here for Ask OVP. Let's see who it is. All right, this one is from Don Depinay, Depinet. I never know how to say his name. Yes, <laughs> a long, a long time listener. He is, yes, he is, and uh, appreciate this one, Don. He wants to know, Michael Quinn, what was the one match or moment in your early fandom that made you know that you loved pro wrestling? What's pro wrestling? I like sports entertainment. I I, I like both. <laughs> I I'm, I'm a fan of both. <laughs> Me too. But um, I like the sports entertainment a little more. I think I do too. Um. Who's going first on this one, Quinn? I've got something, but it's up I got to you. something also. Um, you, why don't you go first? You never go first. I'll go first then. All okay. right. Look at, the, look at the grace exhibited yeah. here yeah, by Michael Quinn. Go. Those of you that have been following the show probably are going to think that I'm going to say Bret Hart versus Owen Hart WrestleMania 10 because that's known mm-hmm. uh, here as my favorite match, and it is. Yeah, no shit. But no, I have to roll it back a little bit. So I started watching wrestling in the summer of 1994, in June, July 94. So I'm going to show you clowns. Oh, you heard that, didn't you, Ross? I paid my taxes. I don't, how does he have all that information? How does he know that people do not pay their taxes? He's IRS! But I had played in 93 the Royal Rumble video game. Aha. I for, played that. Yeah, good game. We talked about it yeah. a couple weeks ago uh, for Super Nintendo. I had a Super Nintendo, so I remember playing that. But I didn't know anything about wrestling, really, other than Hulk Hogan. That must have been interesting. All those, like, who are these people? Yeah. Like, it's like, who are the, like, do these people, like, like exist in real life? What's Ted DiBiase? You yeah. know? And literally, I thought that's how you said it. Well, I think a lot of people <laughs> did. We still do. I used to say Razor Raymond, also. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I didn't. I didn't know what like why Hulk Hogan wasn't in it. You know what right. I'm saying? Because he's not in the Super well, Nintendo version. The politics of, uh, of <laughs> yeah. pro wrestling by that point. So I played it and I liked the Royal Rumble match. And then anyway, I get into wrestling at um, where I used to get watched after school or during the summer actually, and then after school in the summer of '94. And they're like, "Hey, there's this thing with the Undertaker's fighting the Undertaker." You know, like yeah. that was coming up. Brett versus Owen in the cage. So Brett became my favorite. Owen, you're a disgrace as a heart. But it was really, and Quinn's going to give me so much shit for this, the moment slash event slash match that cemented my fandom was the first tape I ever rented, first event I saw in full, which was Royal Rumble 93, oh. which is only a year and a half old at that point. Oh, no. No wonder you always defend yeah. that shit. Well, that I mean, hey. Right there. That is what it was because yeah. it was called Royal Rumble, and I was like, "Oh, I remember playing the video game." Right, right, right. So of course you're like, "I gotta see the I gotta Royal see Rumble, it." Right, and I remember, and Bret Hart and Razor Ramon are on the cover, and I remember them from the game. Right, and then I see um, as I watch the show, the Rockers thing, like Sean versus Marty, tag team specialist. That right, was, right, I was like, right. "Whoa, this is so cool!" Uh, and then Bret Hart versus Razor, mm-hmm. and I loved Bret Hart winning, so that he was my favorite. 
And then the Royal Rumble match as a kid blew my mind because I didn't realize that that was like a real thing. I thought it was just in the game. Right. <laughs> because the video game makes it seem like, oh, this could only happen in a game. Right. right. Like, why would all these people be in the ring at the same time? Exactly. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. Exactly. If you never, like, watched wrestling before. It's weird. It is weird. Yeah. So this thing's going and all these guys keep coming out. I'm like, hey, I know him. I know who Tatanka is. I know yeah. whoever it was. Yokozuna, Randy Savage. Savage tries to pin Yokozuna. I'll always remember that. Big falls don't Of course. And then Yoko wins. So believe it or not, and that's probably why I have such a sentimental soft spot for it. The first event I ever saw in full in my wrestling fandom was Royal Rumble 93 in the summer of 94. It thunderstormed while I was watching it. And I had to like, my mom was like, turn the TV off. So I had to like watch the rest of it later. And I just fell in love with wrestling once and for all. I've been interested in watching superstars. Like I remember like a lot of Heartbreak Hotel. What? From 94 with like Ooh. Diesel and Sean. Sean's like, yeah, ooh, Undertaker, you know, like that yeah, whole the, thing. The, the heart bed. Yes, yeah. the heart bed. And then like DiBiase being like, Lex Luger's going to be with me. Like, yeah. I remember this as it happened and it, 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 it was, was dumb weird. then. It was a weird time period. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a good segue because I, I got started also during this like dark period. Of, <laughs> yeah. like, just It was awful. The new gen. So like just maybe a couple months later. So the first wrestling I really saw was like, just bits and pieces that I honestly couldn't tell you what they were from late 1994. Oh, that's right, McMahon. Here they come walking down the money trail. Tatanka, the Native American, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Because there was no, like, event to tie it all together. I had a friend who lived a couple doors down. We lived in, like, a condominium yeah. complex. So, like, he lived about, like, three doors down from me. The You know, they're those kind where they're, the doors are side to side. Yeah. Neighborhood kids. Neighborhood kind of, kids. Right, exactly. The mean went, streets. I was over at his house one day, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I watch uh, wrestling, and you know, I got there. You should check out some of these cool events. These, there's wrestling on it. Or, okay, whatever, right?" So I watched some of this stuff. I remember immediately being like pretty captured by it because of all the like, like you said, the video games and like yeah. the merchandise, like the action figures and and all that kind of thing. And that when you turned it on, it was like, well, these are like real people and they're like superheroes or something, right? It, Larger it, than life, right? right? And, and there's like a, there's an ongoing storyline. I remember that was like the big thing that like, I was like, this is really cool. Like you're telling me like, there's like years of this. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like comic books or something, yeah. right? And it's like, there's like a, a canon of like what all of this means, right? So like, I remember being captured by that, but like the first event my friend like showed me was like it was probably like only like a week or two after after it occurred is he had uh, recorded Royal Rumble 1995. Okay, so yes, and he had recorded it on sense. VHS tape, and he's like, "Let's just watch the Royal Rumble match." And I was like, "What's the Royal Rumble match?" And, <laughs> right. And then he showed it to me, and I the first thing I remember he, him seeing is like, "Make sure you keep an eye on the first two guys that come in the ring." Right. And I and I do that, and Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog. Right. And like I was just. So after watching this like 60 minutes and seeing pretty much like the smallest guy survive yeah. all of them right being declared the winner i was like instantly a fan one foot one foot there it is i was like this is incredible like how like this is so cool like what a like athletic like because he's like drenched in sweat and like he's beaten down the whole time yeah and, and he kind of like gets away with it and it always like i always liked little that always stuck with me just in wrestling in general it's the idea that like somebody really went through like a huge hardship and they just 
like inched by and won. Yeah, you like, and I often talk about that, right? Yeah. Like a quick rollover pin and they get right. the hell out of the ring. Right. Like I that, love those. That victory for Shawn Michaels like cemented my fandom because it, as cliche as it sounded, like that the anything can happen in the WWF thing. Like it, it, it immediately like sold me on that concept. It's like really anything can happen. Like the smallest guy can come in at the worst position and win the whole thing and win it all like, yeah and, and it was just like a very good selling point and i think like at that point i was like super into it but what super convinced me is when i started renting vhs tapes that'll do it i watched wrestlemania 3 and i was like the same kind of thing with the randy savage ricky steamboat thing and it and it it's all those years before it's not that many years before which is the funniest part it's only like it's only it like, like eight years eight years before but it looks like it's older yep but it like it made me realize like i watched that match and i was in love with that match and i was like wow this is even better than that royal rumble match i saw <laughs> and like see even back then you realized that at least <laughs> right but it was like then it was like all of a sudden it was like there's years and years of this to like catch up on and moments to find. Sure. Like it became this like obsession, right? I need to find all these tapes and I need to watch them and I need to know what happened. When did it happen? What was so cool is that I would still watch the current thing. And like, unfortunately they would talk about (laughs) if an older wrestler was referenced, they would say like, Oh yeah. WrestleMania eight or like something like that. And like, I was like, this is so awesome. It's like, it's like if you read, it's like when you read like a comic book as a kid, you know, sometimes the characters would reference something that happened from the past, yeah, from the past, and that that continuity existed in wrestling. I just thought it was just so cool. I agree. I think that that drew me in as well. That there was ongoing things to get invested in, right? Uh, and it's very telling. First of all, it's funny that both of our first full events that we saw were Royal Rumbles, right? And it's very. I think the Royal Rumble to this it's day, one of the best events. It, not only is it one of the best events, but if you were if you have a kid who's of the age of like. Like when they can first understand and get into it, it's totally the event to show a kid because they get to see every character That's on the, the roster thing, yeah. and they get to see them all interact at the same time. And then they, they learn their names, their music hits, yeah. like all this stuff happens. Like it's the perfect introduction to wrestling. And I, I think it's even placed at the best time, like in the first event of the <laughs> yeah. year. So it kind of introduces the roster of that For year, the year to, yeah. the, to the, the, the fans. It's like a big parade. Yeah. It's like a parade of the roster. Yeah. Uh, while we're still here, the first event that you saw live on pay-per-view, would that have been WrestleMania 11? Did you see that as it happened? I think we were. it was still in the phase where like there wasn't monthly pay-per-views yet in, yeah. in early 1995. So Correct. It was, like, it was like I probably saw that Royal Rumble either like right before WrestleMania 11, but it was like too soon to see it live. Right, and right. And I'm pretty sure I saw either... I don't remember if I saw that in your house because I remember we wanted to get it. Oh, so the first bad. one, yeah. Uh, but like, we definitely ordered SummerSlam 1995. That might okay. have been like the first first one. So you must have been over the roof with uh, Sean defeating Razor in the ladder match, then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you were probably like all about by that. By that point, enough months had transpired, and I had already been gotten watching. to see the tape of Shawn Michaels versus Razor. Yes. Like, cause by like after that point, that like weeks or whatever when i saw the royal rumble yeah. i immediately like was going to the video store and like renting everything every, right every single thing i could find i did the same thing i saw yeah. somebody at 10 right away which was yeah. only like a few months old at the time yeah. which was really weird and you it know was something your parents could take you there and you could rent a bunch of tapes because it yes. wasn't that expensive like they two just, bucks or something yeah, they, 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 they're like oh yeah just get like five tapes <laughs> and you'd watch them all weekend yeah, right? yeah. Some, what better thing is there to do when you're a kid get a snack on a yeah. friday and just yeah. start watching your wrestling five movies 
my first pay-per-view that I saw was SummerSlam 94. I'm sure I mentioned that. That was on my ninth birthday. So again, the Bret Hart, Owen Hart thing was very big for me. It's very interesting, though, how it develops where why your favorites might stay your favorites. You know, you with Sean watching the Royal Rumble 95, me with Bret, he was the champion when I right, started watching. Exactly. It's interesting. Uh, I'm, I, I'm still surprised to this day that uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel didn't like stay. Because when I, when I started watching, he'd been like, He'd only been, been the champion, the champion for two but, months, yeah. but he was the champion for like a whole year. Mm-hmm. Like I remember being like extremely like stunning when he lost to Bret Hart. Like I was Me like, th- I was like, this is a- insane. I was like, so happy. How though. could? But I was like, <laughs> how could Big Daddy Cool Diesel lose the belt? He's bigger than him. Right. Like that, I think that's really what it was. And I, and also at that point in time, I think. My, I held the belief that, like, if you were the champion once, that generally you didn't have it again. Oh, okay. Like, it was like, because from what I was seeing, there was only, like, at that point in time, there was only one person who had a belt a million times, and that was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. And I was like, there wasn't many guys like that at that point. Not too many, a couple, that's yeah. it. Did you like Diesel? I like. I think I liked him when he became friends with Shawn Michaels. Like April. again, okay. After like, WrestleMania, like I was like, oh, okay, he's cool because the <laughs> guy won the Royal Rumble and who's a really good wrestler is friends with him. So you like, like Sean through and through, right? Yeah. yeah. Same with me with Brett. I yeah. always liked Brett. Didn't matter what he was doing, or like, I, I always supported point, him. Even when Sean was turning heel, and I was still in the phase of like learning that it, the stories and blah blah blah. Like, like I knew it was fake, but I didn't understand how the alliances and all that worked. Yeah. And I was like, anybody that was cool with Sean Michaels, I was cool with them. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I think that's like how it worked. So when he turned, when his heel turned, when in ninety six, ninety seven, that era, like when he was becoming yeah, a dick again. When he was becoming a dick again. I, I like, I was like, well, he's justified in being mad at those guys because they screwed him out of his belt or whatever. Yeah, like, I you get know you. what I mean. That's how I was with Brett. Yeah, like, Even when Brett was starting to become a big like whiner, I was still behind yeah, him. I exactly. loved Brett. If you look at my booking sheets, I wrestled Sean almost that entire year as Intercontinental Champion. I wrestled him and wrestled him and wrestled him, and we had great matches. It's interesting, though, folks. I think that there's something to be said for what you grow up on. Obviously, you can develop other favorites. You know, my not at the time favorite, but when I watched the tapes and looked back, Randy Savage was one. Right. Like, Randy Savage, too. I, and of course, I say that after I said the WrestleMania 3 really yeah. cemented it. But then Randy Savage, I yeah. was like, wait, he was like a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan. Like, as far as like a technical perspective, that, that right. like really opened my eyes. And I was like. Every Randy Savage match, I had to find it. I loved right? it. Yeah, I was like, that's Savage pretty Warrior, cool. Savage at WrestleMania yeah. 4 when I first saw that tournament. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't realize how bad the show, or I don't even think it's bad. It's just like a, we've called it, I WrestleMania was, 4 is a podcast. I, I was more <laughs> enamored with the tournament idea when I first watched that show, but later viewings, yeah, it's a podcast. It's basically. a podcast. It's, just, it's all the talking is the best part. Yeah, of it. meaning you just throw it on, don't watch it, just listen to it while you're doing other stuff. Yeah. Like Gorilla and Jess podcast, basically. Yeah. Just rip it into audio format. It was, you could just listen to WrestleMania you could. 4. Like, you don't even need... WWF could just release that. Would, <laughs> like, if they sold it, I would probably buy it. Like, it's very, very pleasant, yeah. isn't it? It's a very pleasant yeah. uh, soundtrack. But, folks, yeah, I mean, these are that was a great question, Don. Thank you very much. It's interesting to see what hooked you. And uh, for Quinn and I, we were both around the same age when we got into wrestling, you know, eight, nine years old, that type of thing. And you're very impressionable at that age. And uh, I picked up on Bret Hart. Quinn picked up on Shawn Michaels. That continues to be uh, our thread all yeah. these years later, 25, yeah. well, 26 years it's later. The, it's the way it is, right? <laughs> it's the way it is. But we want to know what you think. You know, you can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us or maybe put it on Facebook. Tell us what hooked you, what grabbed you. We have people that uh, that listen to the show that, that have been watching since the 70s, and I'd like right. to know what it was then, or maybe the 80s, the Hulkamania era. Maybe it's, maybe it's the Attitude era. You know, certain people started watching in the later 90s, early 2000s. 
Let us know. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, we got to talk about bad stuff now because we're talking about factions and stables and two of the worst are coming out of the tank. Yeah. We're going to see where they rank. It's the Royal Flush and it is coming up right after this. Look around your world, pretty baby. Is it everything you hoped it'd be? The wrong guy, the wrong situation. The right time, the road. It's coming. Let's just in its capacity crowd. The star. Welcome to a world of glitz and glamour. The match the world waited to see. LT in the square circle for the first time. Lawrence Taylor battles Bam Bam Bigelow. Lawrence Taylor has done the impossible. Plus, Shawn Michaels takes on Big Daddy Cool Diesel for the WWF Championship. With Pamela Anderson, special musical guest Salton Pepper, and more. It's the single greatest event in sports entertainment history. It's all about WrestleMania, and only happens one time in the whole year. WrestleMania, the special, this Saturday night at 11, 10 Central. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 194. It's Monday, September 28th. And as we mentioned, Quinn, there is a Patreon option. There, there, It exists. It, it does exist if option. you want to help. Yes. Option. Now, we don't do this, like we mentioned. It's not to try to rip anyone off or to get rich quick type of thing. No. We're not Sanford and Son over here or Steptoe and Son if you're British. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the point is content. If you like us and you want to support us, we assume you want to hear more stuff from OVP. Right. It's, that, it's like OVP Plus. That's what it is. Right. That's where this comes in. So basically, you just sign up at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Put in your info. Choose a tier. It's $2, $3, or $5. The $5 tier is going to get you everything. That's the monthly pay-per-view reviews. Right now, out is the latest one, Royal Rumble 91. Next month, the biggie, WrestleMania 7. That's yeah, a big one. The um, big be looking forward to that one. But also, there's bi-weekly 1983 reviews. That's its own separate canon, Quinn. Yeah, very different canon. It's not related to this show but at all. Yeah, you can follow along as we um, experience 1983. Yeah, um, and also, in real time. And also, if you want, um, all the whole archive, the uh, 1982, the year prior, is all covered. Yes, it's on YouTube and on our Podbean also. We've been yes. releasing those. So if you want to just check out our normal podcast feed, get a preview of what those are like. Those are included on the $3 tier. Then even on the $2 tier, you're going to get raw video. You're going to get a back archive of older bonus yeah. shows. Listen to us to discuss George Steinbrenner yeah, as, exactly. as a Yankees owner. There you um, go. This week. This if, week if, here if, on the Raw Dump. If, yeah, on the Raw Dump only. <laughs> uh, but really, if you want to support us, that's a great way to do it. That's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Perhaps you're not interested in that. If you want to support us in a different way, you can buy us a shirt or buy, buy us a shirt. Buy yourself a shirt featuring OVP at teespring.com slash OVP podcast. That is T-E-E spring.com slash OVP podcast or in a non-monetary way to support us. Just leave us a review. iTunes, Apple podcast, yes. head over there. Leave us one. Okay. But anyway, we appreciate you being here with us as we count down to episode 200. Michael, speaking of counting down. Yes. We've got factions, stables here for the Royal Flush. We got plenty of them. We got plenty of them. Now, should we explain what that is? The Royal Flush? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's, let's, uh, just in case it's help newbies here. Basically, before every season starts, we ask you, the fans, to vote over on Facebook on your 10 best of something and 10 worst of something. You just put in your lists, and then our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he'll take all of those votes, compile them up, put them into two separate tanks, one for the best, that's the Royal Rankings, one for the worst, that's the Royal Flush. What we do is we alternate each week, 
we'd pull out two names, we rank them. And this time around, it's stables, factions, and wrestling. So that way, by the end of this season, when we hit episode 200, you are going to have the OVP certified, ordained, baptized, organic, USDA certified, and healthy, okay? Best and worst stables of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, Quinn, there's a whopping two on the board right now. Two. <laughs> two. Two stables. Now, the first one is the Million Dollar Corporation. Well, they stink. They are horrible. Hideous. <laughs> they might be a tough cookie to knock off I don't know here. how. <laughs> they're shitty. They're, they're so <laughs> shitty. Now, number two is Los Bariquas, who I'm... F- like not really offended they're like, by they're, they're, they're okay inoffensive. they they tried <laughs> they did i, I, I know they, just, they, they, they didn't cut the mustard i guess i don't know they didn't clog up the main event scene like yeah. the million dollar corporation did that's they, for sure they didn't they were just like happily there it's like we're gonna win yeah like, they're like fuck skull and a ball yeah, like, they stink <laughs> yeah. somebody's gotta take a stand against those guys <laughs> right so those are the two on the board now but two more are gonna be coming out today we're gonna see where they rank without any further ado i say we go down to howard finkel for the royal flush Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal I give you the Ringmaster! Sensor. Hey, shit, I suck. It's the Royal Flush. Oh, that's some parade of idiots, <laughs> huh? Yes, it is. Okay, so what we're gonna do... Excuse me, can we the toilets here. Turn that down. Can we, get, can we get Teal Hopper in here? Hey! Alright, so what we're gonna be doing, we're gonna be pulling two more out. Okay, uh, there's gonna be a lot of names... In this tank, I'm sure. Just yes. floating around, waiting to be pulled out. Snaked out of the drain, if you will. It is hairy. It is tough out there, yeah. Quinn. There's a lot of stuff going on. Calcified. <laughs> Calcified shit. Ew. Well, on that nice note here, so you, this is the kind of quality, mature content you can expect from Dingus OVP. free content, yes. Let's just, uh, let's cut to the chase here. Let's get the Drano out. Let's mm-hmm. find out who drew number three. Wow! There they are. There they are. Actually, the Dungeon of Doom. They are now. Oh man, the Dungeon of Doom. Now they got a lot of votes. They got a lot of votes. They. I'm just gonna say it right here. They're one of personally my favorite shitty stables. Like they. They are just. Yeah. They are real peace. But it's kitchen. It's camp. I love them. Yes, no. You have given me so much that I have to give you something in return that you've never had. This is so bad that it might actually be kind of good. Yes. Can we explain, like, what's yeah. going on here? All right. Like, why is this a thing? Let's set the stage, folks, for the Dungeon of Doom WCW stable that was active for a couple of years in the mid-90s. Way too long. Way too long. I agree with you. Now, in, 19, in late 1994, mm-hmm. okay, that we have to backtrack. Hulk Hogan is there. He's the world champion. He had come in. He had defeated Ric Flair. Brother Brudeye turned on him and became a butcher. He became a butcher instead of a barber. Right. Yeah. Changed professions. Now, not like Richard Land is a butcher. Much different of a butcher. Yeah, a different kind. Different kind of butcher. 
for whatever reason, Kevin Sullivan decided he had a big fucking problem with Hulk Hogan in 94. He, he, he was so mad, right? <laughs> so he has like a dad or something named the Master. <laughs> But, and that's like why that's, who, I, that's who I'm thinking made him mad at Kevin. The master, Ke- right? The master made Kevin Sullivan angry. <laughs> Curtis Iakea. Yeah. But anyway, for whatever reason, Kevin Sullivan's like, ah, hey, Hulk Hogan. Right. He's got Brutus the Butcher Beefcake, whatever you want to call him with him yes. now. And Earthquake, who has also changed professions, he is now an avalanche. Right. He's no, he's a different natural. It's <laughs> yeah. the same. It's the same field, just right. different focus. In, different focus. <laughs> right. Yes. So the three of them form a weird stable, short-lived, called the Three Faces of Fear. Right. Not to be confused with Haku and Barbarian from later, but kind so, of related. We'll get to it. It's all. It's connected. <laughs> it's all the same soup. Yeah. So the three faces of fear now hate Hulk Hogan, but Hogan wins because of course he does, right? right? And he's got Savage with him. Remember yeah. Savage is like, oh, I don't know if I like you or not. Oh, it's no, I do. Not, it's kind of not fair for the faces of fear here, right? It's like once the mega powers <laughs> yeah, start like getting like, involved, what are you it's like, do? what are they going to fucking do? <laughs> right. Like they can take on Hogan by himself maybe, but with Savage the mega now, powers. You ever see them? Yeah. <laughs> they like, power up. They have a handshake and they, they power a, up. They never lose. <laughs> no, they, they don't. They never ever lose. Uh, so anyway, that happens, but Kevin Sullivan doesn't forget, okay? No. He does not forget that he hates Hulk Hogan and then we get introduced formally to the master so Kevin Sullivan the taskmaster now he's always been a dark fellow as it is right from since the 70s the dark arts Kevin Sullivan the dark arts he um, likes sorcery now can I ask a question yeah I feel like in these early days what's the deal with um evad is he connected to all this somehow Kevin Sullivan turned on Evad in 94. Yeah, they Evad. were both faced. Yeah, if Dave Sullivan. If you don't know Sullivan. who Evad is, it's Dave. One of the worst wrestlers in the history of life. He's wonderful. I want to see the King Lion yeah, and all that. The right? whole Kimberly thing. What about the King Lion? Oh, there he is. He wants his date. I know you got your heart going to see the King Lion. How you got me doing it? Kevin turned heel because Evad like, liked Hulk so Hogan Evad, too much. At, Evad sent him on this like... This journey to become the Taskmaster, essentially. Basically. Yeah. Now, the master was Curtis Iakea. Right. Now, we see him briefly a few times, and he's basically like, eat shit, my son. Right. You're going to really form this group now of people that are just going to kill Hulk Hogan and take over the world. And he, like, lives in a cave, and yes. it's got, like... Well, the dungeon. Yeah, it's... Of I Doom. guess it's a dungeon. It, it looks it's like Legends lives. of the Hidden Temple, to be honest with you, <laughs> it's and it's real. got, like, a lot of fog, it's, it's and real. it's not hot, and all that. No, it's not hot. It's right. cold. Ah! It's not hot! Basically, what happens is this crew consists of people that might have a bit of a checkered past with Hulk Hogan and some right. some new people, right? So we got the master who's pulling the strings from afar. Generally, he's not seen he's often, not actively doing anything. He's like Rita Repulsa, in a right? Way. You know it's what I'm like saying? Ten thousand years in the dumpster yeah. thing. I, I, I will conquer Earth, and he sends what his stick, and the bad guys grow. Right? Maybe yeah. Lord Zed, if you prefer. Yeah. But this is the level of camp and production value we're on is right. Power Rangers with this. Right. Like, really, oh, I though. I mean, it's 100%. <laughs> this is some, like, Saban level. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't it, even be surprised if they, like, It's like VR Troopers shit. level. Yeah. yeah, VR Troopers, like, the minor <laughs> yeah. version. Like, it, it's real. You don't understand, Hogan. This is where darkness dwells and lives. So here's some of the people that join in, in in the fall of 95, right? As 95 goes on. Kamala, out of right. nowhere. Well, you know he doesn't like Hulk Hogan. No, he never did. Yeah. Now, he leaves shortly after. He's only there in 95 because Kamala 
had an issue with money with Bischoff, I think. He's always a touring kind of guy. Anyway. <laughs> he's he just wandering seen, in. Even, even if there wasn't a money issue, they would have just been like, I'm out of here yeah. after like three months. Right. Vader was like very briefly an associate. Like so, he was there. I seem to remember Vader being a big thing for them. Not long on. though. Yeah. yeah. Not long, the but van, he was. Big van. He was a van. Yes. I mean, he, he's, he knows a lot about like vignettes and like mountains and things. Castles of fear, you yeah. know, Cheatham. He kind of, yeah. The beach. He, he kind of belonged there. He needed to be there. Yeah. Uh, but he failed in his mission. He actually wound up turning face and then leaving. Right. The Zodiac. Now you remember the butcher, right? Yeah. He then became a man with no name. Mm-hmm. Then he became a Zodiac, which was like this weird white face paint where he but just he said like alfalfa thing. In front. <laughs> yeah. That's always the thing that stuck out to me more than the paint. It's the butcher. He basically was a double agent revealed. So that was kind of mean. He was like, he was revealed to be a double agent working for Hulk Hogan. Cause of course it's Brutus beefcake. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Hulk. lady beef is not gonna, is not gonna give up on his, his right. boy over there. Right. It's a, it was just, it was a big deception. Right. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Uh, Meng was a member. Now Meng had been part of the stud stable previously. Right. He had been the personal bodyguard for Colonel Parker yep. there, and and but he was recruited here. Yeah, he, he joined this thing. He was in it till the end, by the way. He, he's good. <laughs> he's bar- a, like there are members that are good. Yeah, and he's one of them. Yeah. Uh, we must also mention that Lex Luger was like poking around with them while also pretending so, to be weird, with Sting. So this whole thing. This is the kind of like convoluted weird dungeon of Dune, I Dune love stuff it. that I love so much, right? So this Luger thing, I also want to say because it's so confusing, but I swear it's connected to this brief alliance between the Four Horsemen and the Dungeon of Doom. It's like during that it's time. It's during that time. Luger's right. not involved in the Horsemen side We're, of it, though. Luger, by virtue of being friends with Jimmy Hart, is like in the Dungeon yes, of Doom. He is. However, but he's still a face with Sting. He likes Sting. Only because Sting. He got him a job here or something. Like I, they, they say this. No, like they don't. No, do he they? says like when I was down and out, like you helped me or something. In the like, real, in the in the canon, in the case, it's, it's alluded to. Yes. Wow, I didn't yeah, know that. Like during that time, he did get him his job. There. Yeah, exactly. So it's like Luger, but so he's kind of like split. Luger but hates he, Hulk Hogan, but he likes Sting. Right. So because of that, he's like the Dungeon of Doom hates Hulk Hogan. So he's like, oh, I'll help you there. So the NWO really helped him make make his decision <laughs> yeah. that he should be friends with. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Luger's in it now. Earthquake has once again changed completely to a shark. Right. He's changed like species now. Yeah, well, it, it's it's fine. But you know what? The, <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. But you know what the thing I think that is the big turning point for this big dungeon here. Right? I'm not going to say humorous. Are no, you? No, no, no. When they get a giant. Now, right. which one? The gi- well, let's talk about the first giant. Okay. Get. The, the, the giant, the Paul White, Paul White. call him. The big nasty. Yeah. So Paul White starts his WCW career by making faces at Hulk Hogan from the crowd. And they're right. like, it's Andre's son. And everyone's like, yeah, sure it and is. And he gets a monster truck right. and he fights Hogan on a roof. And now, like he, he throws him off of it or and something. And he's like, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. No! No! Oh, my God. No! Oh, oh no. Ralph! They fight, and actually the Giant wins the world title because Jimmy Hart betrays Hulk Hogan in a match where, of course, Hogan loses by DQ, but you can, like, win the title on a DQ. You gotta get it off him somehow. You know he won't drop it. (laughs) You can't. Very convoluted. The Taskmaster... You see, here's the thing that I love about the Taskmaster. You don't give a shit, like, how he gets the belt out of of Hogan's He's like, we have it now. It's like, we don't care. Fuck you. It's like, whatever, right? Like, if you're gonna agree to this shit, you lost. (laughs) Right? Right? You know what I mean? So Jimmy Hart is proudly now the manager of the Giant with the world title in the Dungeon of Doom. He's like running around him. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. I love 
the giant. I love Kevin Sullivan, baby. <laughs> Which is refreshing for Jimmy Hart to not be sniffing Hogan's ass. Right. Once he's, again. I mean, now he's sniffing Taskmaster's ass. Fine. You know how much he loves his guys. Yeah, that's okay, though, yeah. right? It's fine with me yeah. for him to be like doing that. But we also have another giant. The Yeti! So, the Yeti. Yes, the Yeti. Also known as Supergiant Ninja or Ugh. Reese or whatever yeah, you want to call guy. it. Yeah, same guy. And Supergiant Ninja, technically, I'm pretty sure, is also part of the Dungeon of Doom. Probably, like, yeah, briefly. But, like, only on, like, Pro or, or Prime <laughs> or something. Prime? Yeah. Like, it's real! It's all real! So, basically, at Halloween Havoc, yes. like, during the whole Giant and Hulk thing mm-hmm. like it's it's like at some point it's because it's halloween havoc they have to have like the one-time token character right and yep. he, the yeti is that guy now now he's dressed like what a mummy right but he's a yeti now and and, and he's not even he's really supposed to be a yeti yeti but like but like if you're shivani, tony shivani shivani just yells the yeti the it's yeti! the yeti yeah and he comes out I love shivani. and he comes out and him and giant like hug hulk like together like it's a really, sandwich hug right a sandwich hug yeah and the yeti after that, all that happens is Dusty Rhodes talks about Yeti a lot on like on Saturday night. He's like, Yeti is big, and like and like then sometimes he would have like a match like twice, and then he just turned into Super Giant Ninja, and then he like left for a while and became Reese. There was even a point that I swear to you that he had the Super Giant Ninja gear, yes. but his name was the Yeti. Yes, that did happen. That that one hundred percent happened at least once. Yeah, because they've like. It was pre-taped and they like they like fucked up or something. Yeah, well, yeah. Prime was all pre-taped. It was all like bad. a year before it happened. <laughs> a <or something>. year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now let's mention some other ancillary members that were there, if only briefly. Uh, one man gang, like randomly in '96. Remember right. that? The U.S. champion for, <laughs> yeah. the, for the Dungeon of Doom. We always happily talk about how he just like showed up and he's like, "Yeah, I'm back." And also, don't forget the ultimate solution, which oh. was like giant haystacks no. or something like <laughs> was that. It? Who was it? No, no, no. The the ultimate solution was Jeep Swenson. Oh, sorry. But but they did have giant haystacks as well. <laughs> of course they did. That was Loch Ness. Yes. Remember? Definitely. It's like I, 800 pounds or whatever. He's not even It's just like, much. let's get all these fat people to beat up Hulk Hogan. <laughs> well, somebody had to replace Kamala, right? There was and also the- Big Bubber. Yeah, Big Bubber, which long time member <laughs> until like the NWO showed up yeah. and he's like, I'm going to join this. And they were like, we don't want you anymore. <laughs> like, no, <there> was- <laughs> it's real. It's real. There was also the Barbarian. Yes. A good member, by the way. Good member. Can I... Conan. Conan! Yeah, Conan Conan was weird. I didn't even get why he was in it. He wasn't even like... This is when they became like a street faction in like 96 and 7. This is the weird part about Conan joining, (laughs) is that he wasn't even the like the superhero version that no. makes a lot more sense to be in the Dungeon Doom. It was like the Viva La Rosa version, <laughs> but he's like, I'm friends with Jimmy Hart, so I'm also in the Dungeon Doom. It's like, what? A lot of things happened in 96 with the stable. Yeah. I, I guess the best way to sum it up is the culmination of the original version, like the mystical version, is the triple cage match from Uncensored 96, where it's literally Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, and Randy Savage taking on not only all of the Dungeon of Doom, all but, of them, but also the Four Horsemen, Yes, who are okay. So like, let me let me explain some of this. What right? is this? So there's like I want to say it's like a triple decker cage, right? It is, yeah. Now in the top cage, 
I want to say like Brian Pillman somehow involved too, but I don't I mean, know if I, he's there. I, but I could be mistaken. Arn Anderson in sweatpants is <laughs> so Arn Anderson, Ric Flair is yes. in, like Lex Luger, the giant, the like, gi- what? And then like Loch Ness and Hold all on, these me, people, me, Zeus, <laughs> Zeus, <laughs> yeah. So like Zeus is in it. Ultimate Zeus. Solution, yeah. Um, all these people we mentioned, woman, right? Don't forget, woman, Miss Elizabeth, and Jimmy Hart are all like hanging out outside. Yeah, they're all um, associates, but yeah. And so what's interesting about this this thing is that there was like three sections and each section like contained their own like bad guys in it it's like it's like a video fucking game it is like i swear the middle cage it was like a tiny cage it was just iron and rick flair like it's like arm with like his i don't care pants right and rick flair (laughs) and they're just like the two of them are just like hanging out like in this middle cage the whole time. Having coffee. There's like a super tiny cage at the top, <laughs> like with Mang and them. And at the bo- at the bottom is like Taskmaster oh, and God. Lizzie Gangster, Lex Luger. I don't know. Remember which one Lex Luger's even in? I don't know. It like, doesn't matter. Lex Luger. Like, why is he even involved in this? But anyway, shockingly, who wins? The, the Hulk and Savage <laughs> yeah. somehow because they they refuse to lose. They just and it's ridiculous too because you would think right. Rick fucking Flair would be able to like, especially after Hogan, like he's in the middle cage. He's not even like in like, it seems like Rick Flair is like a, a solid stopgap. Right. right? Yeah, like, I Rick know. Flair and Iron Anderson, right? Like they're not going to like after Hulk and Savage are weekend. They're not going to fucking lose. Right? <laughs> right. Of course they lose. Of course they do. Yeah. Savage and Hogan trying to escape. Yeah. The cage. Trying to get out. Savage covers one, two, three. He got him. Oh, no, no. He got him. This is. This is like kind of the end of the classic era. And then yes, that's classic when- <laughs> era. We <laughs> must note that because then there's this like, like we said, we mentioned like people like Braun the Leprechaun and all that yeah, shit. Like, there's, there's also this- like Glacier. So yeah, Glacier becomes the Taskmaster's bodyguard yeah, in like 96 and 90s. I don't even like, I barely remember this. I know, me too. And um, there's also the Conan era and Big Bubber is still there. Yeah. But it's like the more like street version of the yeah. Dungeon of Doom. And there's even the tail end where Jacqueline is like- It's real! Bec- because Taskmaster, remember remember when they decide that Taskmaster's becoming like a regular person again <laughs> and he like feuds with Voldemort yes. over, over woman? Yeah, it's and real. like- and Jack in real life, too. Like, I'm Kevin Sullivan's girlfriend it's now. It's good. Like, I it, like it's her. It's good. It is. And that's, that's actually kind of the end of it, because, like, Sullivan retires in mid-97. Right. Basically, Sullivan, like, his last hurrah is a, a match where he fights Voldemort in a bathroom or something. Like, <laughs> it's, like, yes, it's, it's all, and Miss Jacqueline and woman are, like, fighting They're each there. other. Yeah. The legacy, though, is Jimmy Hart, like, scoops up Haku, or uh, Meng, and Barbarian. He's like, you're the faces of fear, baby! So the, yeah, I think and this is one of our favorite parts about all this, is that the faces of fear... And you know what? I, I just want to mention, we, we forgot one other person was Max uh, Muscle was in Oh, I'm it. sorry. Yeah, I don't, don't know why. Don't forget Max <laughs> Muscle. This is, like, post-DDP, when he's yeah. not with DDP anymore. He's not his goon anymore. No, no, no. But, like, okay, like you were saying, yeah, the, 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 the like, legacy of it is somehow the faces of fear last until, like, the end of WCW, <laughs> and they're still the faces of fear. They're still, like, remotely connected somehow to the Dungeon of Doom. That's the legacy bit of yeah. the, the Dungeon of Doom. Uh, now, there was also an independent circuit version that I don't know anything about, but just to read off the names, we got Kevin Sullivan, The Wall. Which he, he's in another Sucks. thing, too. So. He's terrible. Uh, Gangrel. Who's, all, who's also in another thing. Yeah. Uh, Luna, also in other stuff. Yeah. Psycho Sam Dudley. Don't know who he is. It's somebody with the last name Couch, so I'm not going to even <laughs> get real. involved with that. And, and don't forget Hard Rock Ken Sweeney, who My doesn't favorite. have a Wikipedia page. That's how you know he's the big time. Yeah. So that's the Dungeon of Doom. I know it was a little uh, in, involved on them, but you have to because there's just a lot to unpack. They're, they're lovingly horrible. 
Exactly. Like, that, that's like what it is. No, it, no, really. Yeah. They're good. They're yeah. bad, but they're good. Right. You know, there's just something charming about them. But that's it for number three. Why don't we find out now who drew number four? I can watch anybody in this room no, now. Can you watch Cage's back? Yes, sir. Cajun. Don't touch me. Can you watch Major Guns' back? You got it, baby. Guns. All right. Uh, speaking of horrible. Yeah, this is just actually bad. This is the Misfits in action, folks. They're almost like a weird sort of Dungeon of Doom-esque thing later on, but like face edition. Kind of, yeah, yeah but it's not the same thing. All right, so yeah. this is during that era of WCW in April of 2000, right, where mm -hmm. where basically Vince Russo came back after having been gone since January, and Bischoff came back after having been gone since September of 99. Right. And they're like... We're doing the thing together now, bro. All the titles are vacant. Right. Fuck the whole company. It stunk. We're making it better. Like <laughs> well, that, that is true. That's really it, it's like not, it, it's listen. In practice, the idea of like reset <laughs> hitting the reset button is not a bad idea considering how bad WCW was at right, that point. Right, right, right. However, I think it was just like because they didn't follow up with something that fixed everything, <laughs> yeah. that's like what... Basically, the idea of the reset is good. Doing the reset is good. It's what, like, they just didn't fix it is the problem. Because all they did was make a bunch of stables. Like, as we know, the new blood versus the millionaire's club was the main thing. Yeah, if, if you're WCW management, just on an aside... Then I'm, I'm leaving, and I'm getting yeah, a new if job. If you're WCW management, then right? Then I'm horribly bad at my right. job. But, like, the... Part of the reason everything faltered was because you kind of like the NWO kind of didn't exist anymore. So right, you're looking at your money stream and you're saying, well, well, when we had factions, we made money, right? Because right? all it's the like, t-shirts and the right, merch and exactly. everything. So right? let's just reset everything and then just have a bunch of factions, right? Yep, and they all involve Hulk Hogan again, right? Perfect, yeah, exactly. But there was this other faction, so maybe it wasn't the main event one, like the New Blood or the Millionaires Club, but there was the Misfits in Action, MIA. Now this got started in April. And basically, here's your rundown of the people. It was militaristic themed, right? It was militaristic, and can I say it's also yeah. a it's also kind of a spin on the um the whole oddities like that WF was slightly. Doing. It's it's basically the idea of this it's faction. A bunch of outcasts. It's a bunch of people that, while they're mid carters and are pushed, they're not getting enough. And like it's like, well, what if we band together, right? Right. And then we'll be like, we're gonna fight the battle against WCW, yep. right? And the original leader was G.I. Bro, that was Booker T. Now, before anyone gets all up in arms thinking, like, Vince Russo named him that and, like, tried to, like, humiliate him, first of all, Vince Russo actually loved Booker T. He says it to this day. He's, like, one of my favorite guys. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I, like, he was behind him, like, getting pushed. Yes. Secondly... G.I. Bro was Booker T's original gimmick, like, before WCW. Like, it was his first gimmick that he ever had. I felt the idea okay. of G.I. Bro and his own faction, it was, like, kind of like testing the waters of Booker as, like, a leader. Yes. Right? It was, like, Booker as a leader of a thing. Like, yes. this wasn't going to be his final form. I don't think that was ever planned <laughs> no! to be. It was just, like, an intermediate thing for him to do before, like, he hit the prime time, and, right? And it's exactly what happened. Right. Uh, it is one of the bright spots of 2000 WCW, and Vince Russo in general is pushing Booker T, tremendously talented. So he was the original leader, and he's only there for two months in this table. He's only there until June, so April to June. But with him, we have General Hugh G-Rection. Right. Now, guess who that is? That's Hugh Morris. Uh, it's Hugh Morris, former Dungeon of Doom member See? himself. An alumnus, if yeah, you will. alumni. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Hugh Morris he is in this. the question mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stop it. <laughs> question mark jump thing. That, like, he looks like a question mark, Tony. Now, if you observe closely, Tony, he looks like a question mark when he does his backflip off the top rope. 
It's real. It is real, though. We also have, and this is funny, first private stash. Mm-hmm. Get it? Because weed. Thanks. Now, this is Van Hammer. We talked about this last season when we talked about Van Hammer. Remember, he was like insulted. He's like, no, I don't want to be ranked that low. <laughs> so he's like, I got to be major stash. So he's there and they just get rid of him in July. It's amazing that Van Hammer, his his like, his like pseudonym, pseudonym fake name, whatever you want to call yeah, pseudofed. it. Pseudofed. Pseudofed is about weed because that's just very appropriate for like a guy that's like a rock and roll dude yeah, or right. whatever. Like, it just makes sense. It's also just- This is new life for Van Hammer. He needed this. He should- he should shouldn't be bitching about what rank he is in a fake stable he when he still be, has a job. He should be thankful he's in a stable. Like, like Raven's <laughs> flock was like just keeping him on life support. Right. Like at that point, who does he think he? Uh, oh, I can't be private. Like, uh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you are? Anyway, we also had major guns. Now that right. was um Tylene Buck. So can I this? The whole fucking faction, right? Yeah. This felt like just a vehicle for her, mainly. It wasn't even about the wrestlers. It was like, look at this hot girl who was a it nitro was porn girl. star and softcore. NWO yeah. girl or <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's like, like all bad, though. Like, she wasn't even a nitro girl. She was NWO girl. She had it's big real. boobs. And that was and like they weren't her, real. That was her big thing, right? It was like, look at my boobs. <laughs> I, I am major guns. Hi. Do you see them? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's a little, she would just stand around in a tight shirt and have boobs. And she would just stand there. It's an while, impressive accomplishment. Well, huge erection was cutting a promo. And maybe major stash. Yeah. Because exactly. you can't call him Yeah. We also have Lieutenant Loco, because that's funny. And then that's Chavo. Yeah, which also sucks in its own right. How, but how many fucking things was Chavo in? Like, too many. Like, and he wasn't good at many of them. Lucha Underground. <laughs> he's like lurking around. Like, he's, he never goes away. His dad is so much better. He is. <laughs> Chavo Classic, even when he was old Chavo Classic, he was better. He was good. I know, Chavo Guerrero Sr. Yeah. is good. Yeah. He really is. Uh, but yeah, he was there. Uh, Sergeant A-Wall, get it? Because A-W-O-L, action right. without leave. Who do you think that is, Quinn? The Wall. Get it? A-Wall. Who, who is leaving um, Alex Wright for this. <laughs> now, can you just imagine Veruso and Ferrar being like, oh, bro, that's funny. Yeah. We'll call him A-Wall. He's the A-Wall. <laughs> Get Stupid. It. And also, uh, <laughs> Corporal Cajun. Which, how is Lash LaRue even a thing at this point in time? Like, he, that is, he is like Lenny Lane levels. Like, like he is, though, and Lodi. Yeah, Lodi. It's like, that whole. All those like, guys, like, what's the other one? Like, and it's like all of that. Like, Please never bring Prince him up. Iakea, like all those kind of people. The maestro. Yeah. <laughs> but so he. I hated he, this era. He somehow works his way into this. <laughs> well, because Vince Russo. Why is he a corporal, by the way? Like, that seems a little high for him. Yeah, that's Last true, actually. Well, he's above. Uh, maybe maybe that was uh, what's his face? Van Hammer's problem. Yeah. Now, to be fair to Vince Russo, those are all the members. Yeah. To be fair to Vince Russo, one thing that he was known for in the WWF mm-hmm. was giving even like the least important mid-carters something, a gimmick, a storyline, a stable. Yes, so, so to give him credit, he was trying to do that. So my my main compliment for this is a lot of these guys had nothing to do. They were right. either like guys who were like in a faction that didn't exist anymore, like Van Hammer. Yeah. Like... They were guys like Lash LaRue who were firmly just Saturday night canon only. Yeah, literally, like, just like, there on Saturday night. Um, 
and, and people like the wall who, who suck. It's, it's just like honestly, the wall was just victim of being part of a failed thing with Alex. With Berlin, it, he was yeah. just like uh, he was. It wasn't fair. So they said, okay, give him a second chance. Chavo, great match match guy at that point. Yeah, no, time, he was. He was. But he was st- stuck in the like, still wearing the like Eddie Guerrero original trunks, but the <laughs> short version. Like you know what I mean? Like where it was like I'm Eddie Guerrero's like brother or whatever. Nephew. The nephew. Hi. Like and he just was doing nothing. So was he, he riding was, the horse or whatever? Maybe I don't know. Oh yeah, the remember that Pepe ho- horse? What was it named? I, I don't think know. you're right. I think it was Pepe. Yeah. No, that was Mongo's dog. Possibly. It could have been both. There's so many side people in WWE, which is why I love it. But anyway, this group mainly feuded with Filthy Animals, Team Canada, Natural oh! Thrill. Who? Like, well, the Filthy Animals was Rey Mysterio's I know, group but with Hoovy and Conan. And, no, they were good. But I mean, I, when I think of them, I think of America's Most Wanted from TNA. But like, they're not even that. Natural Born. No, no, man. Natural Born Thrillers connected. was uh, Palumbo. Yeah. And Johnny the Bull and Vito. If it was Vito in that, I can't remember. Yeah. But Mark Jindrak, all right. of those people. Remember Jindrak? It's just weird because Team Canada and Natural Born Throws, they sound like something out of TNA. Like well, Team Canada. Team Canada was in TNA. Can I just tell you something? What? Team Canada is the only reason people remember Lance Storm from WCW and he's like he so US bitter about the, Vince Russo. In the US belt. With yeah. The, with the Can- Canadian belt yeah. on it or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. But like shit. Like Jacques Rougeau was in that for like a brief well, period of time. you know, it's, it's good. never a bad thing to have Jacques Rougeau in your faction. I'm, I'm just saying. Was Bret Hart in it? Like Maybe. Briefly. You know, I thought I could be in it. Uh, but you anyway. know, I thought I could lead Team Canada to victory. <laughs> That's where Duggan turned heel, remember? And he turned on the U.S. Because of course he did. Because it's Vince gr- Russo. Can I just say that's great? It's fu- like, that, like It had to happen you know sometime. D- Duggan, he'd been the same thing for so long. Like, why not, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I no one remembers garbage it. Duggan also. Janitor I was, Duggan? I was a fan. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this whole thing, this whole Misfits in Action thing, they really didn't do anything that mattered. They were just like, they were like the DOA, the Los Bariquas yeah. level yeah you know but what? in wcw You're right. because the, like, oh, like i said we we said the filthy animals team canada natural born thrillers like those were exactly that they That's were all like was. offshoots of other things yep. that like were feuding with each other in the mid card right so it's one of those things they weren't the main thing i mean booker t like left it and then became a man, main eventer once a uh, general rection here was <laughs> was um the leader it kind of like they were like who are these people yeah like, exactly yeah, exactly Mike Cajun! Absolutely not the man that is at the victim of the two. Loco! Ass! Shit! Guns! Loco! Cajun! They were kind of like the oddities at that point. They were literally like the thing that's like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, and that's all. And they would like <laughs> cheer up the crowd when they would come out. Cheer up Didn't the crowd. Didn't they have like a t-shirt gun, I swear? They might have, like, major guns would shoot they, it. Maybe. Yeah. I don't remember, Quinn. I, I, maybe. It's possible. Maybe. Um, confetti, at the very least. It's the confetti! Yeah. You want a rank? Yeah. I'm, I'm no pun intended, with the ranks. Get it? Yeah. Of the, the misfits in action? Yes, ranks. All right. All right. Major Quinn here. All right. Number one, folks, Million Dollar Corporation. Number two, Los Bariquas. Uh, as far as the Dungeon of Doom, they're they're not worse. No. Right? I mean, I think Dungeon of Doom's better than both. I think Dungeon of Doom's the best one so far. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I love them. I know. Like, I love them. Now, we have to be fair, though, because I we remember, we try not to be biased. So, right. most Bariquas are so inconsequential on either way that Dungeon of Doom is either better or worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's really, they're, they're just there. Yeah. It's really between the Dungeon of Doom and the corporation. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Bariquas stay at two. Right. We have to compare the Doom to the Corp. Dungeon of Doom is better. They are. Now here's the problem. What 
with the Dungeon of Doom. Everyone thinks that they're horrible. Good observation. Yes, it's terrible. Yeah. It's campy. It's kitsch. You're missing the it's point gimmicky. If, you, if you hate them a lot. WCW clearly knew that. Like, yeah. they knew. <laughs> so, okay, here's the thing that you have to always keep in mind about the Dungeon of Doom. It was designed to be like like a kid's kind of thing, it right? Was, it yeah. was like it was supposed to it was supposed to like if you're watching Saturday morning cartoons Correct. and you you know, you maybe you saw G.I. Joe and King Cobra and like right. that kind of garbage. Captain or, Planet, I don't or, know. Or He Man with the with the skeleton guy. Yes. Uh, right, there you Skeletor, go. Skeletor, whatever. Skeletor. Like the Dungeon of Doom is basically like a real life version yeah. of like these evil groups, Rita Repulsa and her yes. like her people or exactly. whatever. Like that's like what it's supposed to be. And you have to also remember what Hulk Hogan like was when at that point he was like literally a superhero. Still was yeah. in ninety five. So the idea of there being like a goofy, like evil group that yeah. would like fight Hulk Hogan wasn't like out of the realm of like possibility. Correct. You know, like they were just, th- this makes sense. And did it produce any good matches? No. No. It did not. Did it produce some fun memories? Yes. Yes. They shaved Hogan's mustache. Yeah. He turned into Dark Hogan yeah, with the black. Don't forget the time. Yeah. The, the That's one of the most notable ones is when Kevin Sullivan dressed up like a lady <laughs> and then he like hit Hulk Hogan with like a frying pan or something. Whatever like, it was. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like he hit him with it and then they like knocked him out it's and amazing. then they, they brought him in the ring and shaved his mustache and mainly because he had to do a movie, I think. I, maybe. I don't I, even I, know. I didn't need a mustache for. That would make sense. Yeah. Uh, so with that said, I mean, look. There's nothing traditionally good about it. Do you get what I mean? No. In this, then, and it makes sense for it to be on the worst list. I understand that. I'm not saying it should oh, be on the. It should be on the worst list. It's not good. I would. I would be offended for the Dungeon of Doom if they weren't even on the worst list. But here's what it has above the other two, especially above the corporation. Mm-hmm. The Million Dollar Corporation is fucking boring. Yeah. This the Dungeon of Doom is not boring. It's anything but boring. <laughs> right. In fact, it's one of those things where you're like. What the fuck are they even going to do next? Like, right. You're like, how get, stupid can ha- this get? Yes. It's like <laughs> at Halloween Havoc, you're like salivating. You're like, oh my God, this could be like the most dumbest shit pot. Like, it's the Dungeon of Doom and Halloween <laughs> Havoc. There's like, monster trucks. Yeah. There's people dressed like mummies called Yetis. It's, Kamala. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. One like, man gang. Like, it's almost like they should have just called. Halloween Havoc that year, the, dun- the Dungeon of Doom's year of Halloween Havoc should have call- been called. Halloween Havoc, the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> right, like, yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. Now, the Million Dollar Corporation, again, I'm, I'm putting Bariquas, like, I'm skipping them because it, whatever, they're fine. Million Dollar Corporation was presented as, like, a serious thing. The serious heel stable of 1995. It's like, you need to be scared because Ted DiBiase, he <laughs> is good, and he has some guys that he thinks is good, and they're all terrible. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's it's bad. It, it produced the worst version of Sid ever known to man. Yeah, like ninety five. Sid is good every other year. It somehow it somehow made Tatanka worse. <laughs> like, and he was horrible before that. It ruined what could have been good for Kama. Yeah, if that would have been good. I'm not saying it would have, but they're like, here's this new potential. guy. Yeah, and he's like serious, and I do MMA, and then they bring him in, and like two weeks later, he's in the corporation. Yep. It. It just like Bigelow meandered during it. It was a cancer on WF. Yeah. Like they, they needed to like get rid of it. Like it, it wasn't was to the good. point where you were like, can Sean and Diesel just beat the shit yeah. out of these guys and like super kick them out of the company? Like, <laughs> like I'm serious. But you did the IRS. Yeah. Sean like got rid of IRS. But like 
it ruined the Undertaker's 95. I'm not yeah. saying it would have been good, but like, it's just the Undertaker fighting Bundy, fighting the Iron. Like, who cares? Like, honestly, you really. Kong like, Bundy? Like, I'm probably like, as a kid, probably just thinking of something I probably thought of was like, can just Sean, Brett, Razor, <laughs> Diesel, Undertaker, can they all team up and just get rid of these right. assholes, like, for good? And they. Like, like, temporarily just, like, throw all our feuds aside and just be like, fuck them. I like, know. Go away. It's. They were boring. Yeah. They're both bad. Look, Dungeon of Doom and Million Dollar Corporation are both bad, okay? They were both on the main event scene. They both produced zero good matches, right? Yeah. All of this stuff. Million Dollar Corporation sucked, though. Yeah. Like, they were boring. Once they, they once the company realized, it's like, well, we've got, like I just said, Brett, Razor, Sean, Diesel, Diesel Undertaker. Even, Kid, what if those Bulldog. guys feuded with each other? Yes. That's when it got better. Owen, yeah, all these people. Instead of the, all those guys being tied up with the Million Dollar Corporation. Yeah. Like, who wanted to see IRS on pay-per-view in 95? No like, never. literally. Or Tatanka main eventing. It's ridiculous. In a tag match. Exactly. So, so anyway. Fucking horrible. They're staying at number one. None, none, neither of these guys are I agree. getting worse than that. So Dungeon and Doom number three, right? Like, yeah. the, the reason I'm putting them better than Los Bariquas is because at least Dungeon and Doom did memorable shit. And Los Bariquas are fine, it, but, like, they didn't do anything. Dungeon of Doom is at least they did stuff. great. Like, like maybe, yeah. maybe. Now, are they bad? You bet. And uh, do they deserve to be at the best on this list? Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's both, folks. Sometimes it can be both. Exactly. Okay, so Dungeon of Doom at three for now? Yes. Okay. Now, the Misfits. The Misfits. See, this is so hard for me because they're very low Spariquas level. They are. They didn't do anything... They weren't around that long either, right. to be fair. It's like six months. Yeah. It's not that long. Eight now, months, And whatever. I always, again, I viewed them as like, in all honesty, I viewed them as like live crowd fodder, meaning like they were like something you threw out there early in the card. Right. And they're like, their music hits, they come out, they're wearing colorful outfits. People Every, like them. Everyone's like, oh, this is so cool. Major Guns is hot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Like, it was just kind of like this like entertaining sort of thing, which is actually like, in a weird way, that's always been in Hugh Morris's wheelhouse. He's very good at like connecting with crowds. Yeah, and, and abusing people. Both. Yeah. He's good at both. I just mean it's like a no, professional know, wrestler, like only on a professional level. I don't know. Yeah. He is a big question mark, that's yeah. for sure. I do agree with you in all seriousness. It also helped Booker T. Yes. It re- it just gave him a it basically was like necessary for him to go from being regular Booker T to that. To Back be, to Booker T. Yeah, to being compared to people lower than him in a yeah. faction and being like, no, Booker T is like... The he's, standout here. He's, he's the leader, Correct. right? So it was good for him. They didn't drag down the main event scene. No. Which is good. Again, they were just there for fun in like the yeah. first couple matches on Nitro or it, something. It gave people shit to do. Yeah. It wasn't horrible. Kept people employed. It wasn't good. Yeah. It didn't do anything that mattered. I bet you that sold a t-shirt or two. Like no, oh, no joke. Sure. Like, yeah, there, sure. was, there was probably younger kids who saw that and is like, "Oh, this is so cool!" They're like army men, you know, like, right? It, and there's a lady in it, and yeah, whatever. major guns, boobs, yeah. boobs, boobs, yeah. So where do they rank them? Um, are they better than the Dungeon of Doom? You mean worse? No, they better than the no. Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> they're not better than the Dungeon of Doom. I never, I, never. I think they're better than Los Bariquas, but. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, you know what? That's true. I think they're number three. They're more entertaining than yes, Los Barricos. They are. They just Los are. Barricos were like, they were literally trapped in this like circle of crap. Like, yeah. It's not their fault. Right. That's just how they were booked. 
Yeah, they the Los Barricos had a singular focus, DOA. <laughs> Misfits, they had they were feuding with like three different things. Yeah, and they had some, you know, they had some good wrestlers in there. I know that the Los Barricos are good wrestlers too, but yeah. no one cared. And Los Barricos definitely didn't have Lash LaRue. So that's, that's true. That's definitely a difference maker or a Van Hammer. They had a hairy guy. Yeah. That was their their coup they de had hairy man. Uh I'm Although fi- Los Barricos did have their own show that they were separately on, remember? The, you mean a Super Astros? Super yeah, Astros. But briefly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say I would say we're good with putting Misfits in Action at number three. Okay. Putting the Doom at four. That's good. I like that. I like this. I'm fine with this. Okay. Uh, WWE's doing good on this list. They are, yeah. right? Their factions are generally better. They're good. We're going to see WCW that. WWE is a faction company. They really were. Yeah. They were good at it. So, all right. Let's call it a week here. Let's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I like this music. At number one, still the Million Dollar Corporation. They're going to be a tough one to knock off number one quick. They're shit. They're so bad. Yeah. Uh, number two, Los Bariquas. Number three, Misfits in action. And number four is the Dungeon of Doom, folks. That is the Royal Flush for week number two. Let us know what you think. You do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email or post it on the group. But Quinn, when we come back, we needed a palate cleanser. After, we did. After last week, we thought we were getting a palate cleanser, and we didn't. It was we, it was bad. We got a bad taste in our mouth, so we're gonna we're gonna wash it out here with Mid South Wrestling, and that'll be coming up right after this. Fastmaster, my son, I give to you a warrior that knows neither pain or pleasure. Has walked in darkness, has walked in light. I give you a warrior that will be the biggest key of all. Because, Master, he is the brother of likeness himself. The man from the Zodiac. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you. You give me the one that has betrayed darkness, that has betrayed light. Oh, thank you. Yes. No. No. Yes. Yes. No. Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast. Hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique. It's quirky. It's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show. The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 194. Thank you for being with us. Also, I wanted to mention here, as we mentioned, Quinn, we're going, we're counting down episode 200. Right. Bicentennial. If you want to either send us a message, you know, using your phone, one to two minute clip, you can make fun of us if you want to, give us your favorite OVP memory, anything you want to say, you can do that. Email it to ovppodcast at gmail.com. Or if maybe you don't like the sound of your own voice, but you want us to read something from you on the air, 
uh, we'd be happy to do that. Again, just email it to ovppodcast at gmail.com. Just put in the subject line, episode 200. Uh, we'd love to celebrate with you fans uh, in several weeks from now when we reach episode 200. So just a little thought there. Anyway, Quinn, as we mentioned, we are reviewing something. and this was, We are. This was deliberately intended to be a palate cleanser because... Well, last week was also right. intended to be a palate cleanser. Right. So the first two weeks of the season, we did some WWF from 92 and 93. Last week, we thought we were getting the good stuff. I mean, NWA, 1989. How could it be bad? That's We yeah. legitimately thought that, too. It we was hideous. <laughs> hideous. It was. So Quinn and I said, you know what? Mid-South, been a while. They're very neutral to us, meaning like we know that they could be good. It's true. So we asked Richard Land to pick a random one for us so we have no bias in it in the decision, and he picked one for us. It's actually available on the WWE Network, so if you have that, you can the, watch this the one. Rare that we, um, yeah, that we do something from the network. From the you network, can watch today. Yep, if you um, want to, if you'd like to, maybe you're listening on Monday after work. You're looking yep. for some WF to hit that isn't hard to find. Yeah, here it is. Go to the network. There, it's Mid South. It's February 9th, nineteen eighty five. Now, when we've done Mid South before, right? Bill Watts, obviously. Bill I Watts came promotion. Through the door. <laughs> <laughs> came through the shining light. Hey, open the door. Bill Watts opened the door, and he walked through, brother, and came out of the shining light. Bill Watts ran a very good promotion, actually, for several years. It was influential, much like World Class was, in producing compelling, episodic weekly television before Vince McMahon was as good at that. Right. To be fair. It was, it was clearly like people in the industry saw what Bill Watts was doing over there. Yep. He didn't have the money, obviously, or whatever. But, Not of a Vince McMahon, no. Right. But, I mean, what his con- his concepts were solid. It's all concepts. He was like a bit of a big man territory. I mean, just got a lot of big guys there. Not so much the technical Southern wrestling. and it wasn't that. You say big man, but I feel he was picking a lot of medium-sized men as, well, his, relative. as his, his, his hot guys, right? right but like Jim Duggan, big guy. Dr. Right. Death, Steve Williams, big guy, yeah. junkyard dog, who would have been their big guy, you know, relative. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's just because I don't think of Doug as a big guy. Yeah. yeah, but like relative to a lot of your Southern wrestling mm-hmm. with your Tim Horners and people like that, yep. bigger guys, right? And that was the the model there was, it wasn't about the technical wrestling so much as it was about just compelling television, good storylines, things like that. And he had taken over that territory in 1979, and this is 1985, so he's deep into it here. And he would continue to own it for another couple years. He renamed it to Universal Wrestling Federation. That was his play to, he said, hey, I got a solid production product. Um, let me try to go national like Vince McMahon did. Why yep. not, right? Why not? Yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah. At least he tried to compete, right? Yeah, yeah. unlike Didn't, a lot of these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Didn't work. Uh, he sold to uh, Jim Crockett in mid-1987. Right. And that kind of absorbed it. Vince had also scooped up a lot of his guys around 86, 87. Right. So that's what happened. But anyway, this is during a very good period for them, 1985. This is is when they were good. So I wanted to get something good. Let's see what it is, Quinn. It is Mid-South Wrestling, February 9th, 1985. And the WWE Network gives us their usual disclaimer, you know, presented in the most complete form possible without paying money for royalties, that type of thing. Now, (laughs) I I just want to, on the side, say I always appreciate that WWE puts this here. Like, for real. Like, as much as everyone craps on WWE or whatever. It's funny. I like that even if it's something minor, like, there's, like, one little, the tape goes for, like, a second or, or something. Like, WWE has actual high standards with their production quality that they, honestly, you can tell they don't feel comfortable putting this stuff on unless Without. it's absolutely fucking pristine. Yeah. And I appreciate that, A, they're willing, if it doesn't meet their standards because their standards are so high, that they're willing to put it up, and B, 
they care so much about it that they will warn you and it's practically unnoticeable anyway, other than like maybe the music. Yeah, the music obviously is a given if you're watching it on the network. There's nothing they can do about that. No, what are they supposed to do? Yeah. But there are times, yeah, where it's something that'll be minor cut, but and people that are really like hardcore tape collectors probably notice it. Maybe we wouldn't even. Yeah. But it's cool of them to at least do that. I agree right. with you. But anyway, a dub song, speaking of which, greets us here with a nice opening, well-produced opening, fast-cut, state-of-the-art video effects, Quinn. And clearly not the original <laughs> no. song, but lots of quick cuts and wrestling occurring. I, I like this opening, and actually, you know, for once, I thought the overdub wasn't bad. Not even bad! It's, it, 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 <laughs> it's a fine song. the period. You're probably hearing it under us right now, yeah. right? Uh, lots of Bill Watts in the intro, no opening the door, though. Yeah, Bill Watts <laughs> randomly just punching someone <laughs> with, like, nice, cheesy ghosting effects yeah. on other wrestling. I love this. I love it, too. Hey, uh, also, Jim Dugan. <laughs> yeah, dressed up all-American. He's already doing this. Yeah, he yeah. is. Uh, Terry Taylor looking stupid. Of course. <laughs> we go to the desk now. Where it's actually Jim Ross joined by Joel Watts. Who? <laughs> Who the hell is that? I'm Jim Ross and along with Joel Watts. We'll be calling the action. It's Bill Watts' other son. What? There's Eric Watts, you know, Mr. Right, know. Techno Team techno, 2000. Techno man. <laughs> Joel Watts um, was actually a, a director after this at WWF okay. as well. A lot of people, including Bruce Pritchard, have called him a very good director up there with Kerwin in terms of being good he, at directing. Okay, so... Just ahead of time, I just want to say um, he's also he, very high. <laughs> he seemed to know what the hell he was talking yeah. about, like which was the, that was the one thing I'll give him credit for. But he's not very good. He's not good. He's not a TV presence. That's for sure. Right. He, you could tell he was. You could tell he was a behind the scenes guy. Yes. Right. Even in this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he was not meant to be on camera. He was not meant to talk. But when he talked, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, he just didn't do it well. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. All. For example, he tells us, uh, "Grizzly Smith, great promoter. He's done a great job today. Yeah, a little too." inside baseball <laughs> for like Smith. especially in 1985 <laughs> yeah. like, like, i know the re- the people might know the name grizzly smith but they don't know him like he's, not, he's not on the fucking show no, so like he? people are like what are they like if you're watching this you're like who the hell is that who's the, <laughs> who at that time you're like who's the promoter yeah like, like you know what I mean? I... like that's something you don't even think of yeah true you're, like, you're what right does the promoter even do like that's like i'm serious like in 1985 no one's thinking about that no or over on championship in the 80s it's not like oh phil zacco promoted this cool it'd be you one know? thing if grizzly smith was the commissioner or the president, president or yeah. something no kidding jim grizzly smith has just done an excellent job today now, by the way, since Bill Watts isn't here, let's expect all names to actually be pronounced correctly today. Right. Because yep. Bill Watts isn't here to fuck up Dugan and Needheart and Dedios. Oh, good. Like all that, remember? Yeah, Needheart. <laughs> remember that one? I totally forgot about that. Hacksaw Dugan. We got a ringside now where Boyd Pierce is actually on ring announcing duty tonight. He's wearing a normal suit for once. Quinn, I'm, I know that you forgot who Boyd Pierce was, but do you remember him now? The guy with the loud suits, he's usually with Bill Watts. Yeah, but here's the thing. When I was watching this, I was like, did I see this guy on, um, what was that British one, World of Sports? No, he looked he's like not him. On he looked like that guy. It's Boyd Pierce. He's yeah. usually wearing like these horrible suits made out of like couch coverings. I sort of recognize him. I don't know. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't. He didn't stick with me, even though he should. He should. No, yeah. that's all right, though. In the ring is the nature boy, Buddy Landell. Yes, Buddy Rydell oh, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yes, of course. Now, his opponent, Brad Armstrong. Man, these Armstrongs, they're freaking everywhere. They get around, they? man. They're, they're, they're in every company. <laughs> they're good, though. They're, they're like here's that the referee that's everywhere. Oh, uh, <laughs> Billy Silverman. Yeah. I'm surprised we didn't see him tonight. Yeah. I got to say, though, the Armstrongs, Quinn, they're not bad wrestlers. Like, Brad's good. Yeah, it's you know what it is? It's like they're... Pr- prolonged like jobberdom like it's like yeah. i can never take them seriously they're, they're always they're, losing they're always like they're always like yeah they do some moves and it's pretty cool or whatever and then they just lose and you're <laughs> just like why there's only so much i can care 
Right. I, okay. Without a gimmick. Yeah. Without something to get invested yeah, they're in. They're just like, we're Armstrong. <laughs> it's like, you know why I care about Road Dog? Because he doesn't call himself Armstrong. <laughs> like, he's just, I'm the Road Dog. Right. That's Ding, true. Diggity dog, dance dance. <laughs> I'm the tag champ. Whatever. It's you true. said it, Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> Referees Ron West. I wish it was Don West, though. That'd be funny. I thought they said Don West for a second. Barry Bonds will be yeah, Exactly. First off, I'm going to give you an autographed Barry Bonds piece. I've got bats, baseball, some rare cards. I'm going to give you an autographed Barry Bonds piece, but that's just for fun. I'm going to bell lock up here or shove off my buddy. So the arena is set up basically like a typical NWA thing yeah. like with the flags in the background. Almost like it's like alternate Teak Deck or whatever that <laughs> place is. Like it, it's wood. actually Tech Wood, whatever. It's like I kind of enjoy like what they did with that, Joe, because it makes it seem like if you were flipping the channels, yeah. you might think you saw TBS when you saw this. I think that's intentional. Yeah, and they are territory. So, I mean, it's yeah. not like they're really infringing too much it's either, just, you know? Yeah, no, they aren't. It's just, it kind of it kind of puts like a uniformity with NWA stuff. It does, yeah, because they are NWA territory. I don't remember when they, they got on TBS at one point. I did think they? they did, but I can't remember when. Yeah, I think he made a deal with Turner. It might have been 85. Interesting. But we're early in the year, so I'm not sure if it was yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, here we get another shove, uh, another lockup and a shove off again. Lindell now with some knees and forearms. A corner whip is reversed and a nice hip toss by Brad and then a body slam by the way rydell is like very young here and yeah. he looks like shane douglas maybe and brad looks like his usual just jobber oh self. with the wet hair he's like <laughs> i am here i'm gonna lose now <laughs> uh joel watch just completely hijacks all the commentary he's calling moves even though jim ross is right there you can see landell he's really hurting from that oh a terrific drop kick oh landell wisely goes outside and Joel's mic sounds like shit. Too. Like it sounds bad. <laughs> Hi, here we are. Subterfuge. Yeah. Uh, Brown with this drop. Wait till we get into subterfuge. It's ridiculous. Lando bells out of the ring. Back in. Arm dragged by Brad into an arm bar. Because 80s. Because 80s. Wrist lock now. Buddy can't find a way out of it. So Brad stays in control with an arm bar. Very on the arm. mat again. Yeah, very arm. Very arm. A lot of arm. Buddy up. Swinging a miss. Body slam by Brad into another. Armbar. Uh, back up, Buddy with a knee off the ropes, duck under by Brad, and he tries a crossbody, but Buddy actually catches him, lands a nice side backbreaker. Meanwhile, Jer hypes up Butch Reed and Dirty White Boy in 1985. I he guess was so. around? Well, I, I know that he was, but he I thought he might have even been dirty yet by that point. <laughs> he's a clean white boy. Clean white boy, yeah. I thought he was already in Continental, though, in 85, but again, it's an NWA territory, right? So it's hard to, you never yeah, know. I, I just don't associate dirty outside of Continental by this point. And Continental more starts in 86, I think. Yeah, 85, 86, yeah. yeah. He's very good, by the way. He's become like one of the OVP favorites, Dirty Tony Anthony. Great. He's awesome. He's excellent. Uh, Joel, unfortunately, now brings up how Skandor Akbar is there. Not one of my favorites. As Buddy goes to a horribly lazy camel clutch. And then Joel attempts to analyze all nerdily, like, <laughs> who is this guy? Like, why should I listen to I him? I don't know. Like, I, I really was like, I was confused who he is. <laughs> I haven't seen a ton of Mid-South television from this period of time. Maybe uh, he's on a lot. I, don't I know. didn't know that he did commentary. No. So it, you guys that are more experienced, let us know how often he announced. Because it seems like Jr. usually was with Bill Watts. Yeah, like or it was them. Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce before that. Right. But it's like always that. I've never seen Joel Watts do commentary. Let me know. Maybe he does it for like the rest of the year, and I'm stupid. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but I've never seen it. I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, we switch to our rear chin lock now. Okay, get on with it here. I thought this was supposed to be exciting television. <laughs> Quick body slam by Buddy. He misses a knee, then an elbow. Brad sweeps the leg, though, on a leg drop attempt. Swings away with big rights and lefts. Lendell begs off, but Brad with a beal hip toss. Standing drop kick. Joel Watts calling moves again. As Brad with a very crappy looking sleeper that he rides to the mat 
for the win. One of Armstrong's specialty holds, the sleeper. He uses it as well as anybody in wrestling. And Ron West, Buddy Landell is out. What? I was so confused by this so because I. it happens... And then there's like no fanfare. JR's just like, oh, we're going to go. We're going to go in a commercial break. He won. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, it, was, it was very weird. And it seemed like they were like pushing Buddy Landau. It was just well, so thought. baffling. Like what was going on here? Like what were they the- setting up for something? <laughs> like I was very confused. Now, we always make fun of him from his stupid WWF run from 10 years after this, but he actually isn't bad. No, he's not. He's awful. like known as good, Buddy it's Landau. Just, it's just that he existed in this weird universe where he was like, supposed to be like fake Ric Flair yes. or something like like that's like actually his gimmick no it is though there's a point where he like Ian Crockett's like he starts calling yeah. out Ric Flair it's saying, real. I'm the real nature boy yeah no and it's they're absolutely- both heels <laughs> like it's weird it's this is all this all happens yeah <laughs> anyway the match was fine honestly we see a replay we get a break which is a smart way to do it get the hell out to commercial and we come back where Jim Ross and young Joel here are running down how Last week, Kamala took on Iceman King Parsons, and it was really exciting. It's probably not true, because Iceman stinks. He does, right? Am, he, are we missing something? I've never something? seen anything good with him. Like, right. Listen, it's like you want to, because he seems like he kind of has like a good move set, like kind of like jumps around. And he's does, over. Does fast stuff. He's over. But I don't get it, though. I don't like him. You think it's because he had cool hair, like Maybe. for the 80s, like nobody had hair like that. Like, I, I I don't know like what it is. Like I'm his sorry. hair is his gimmick. <laughs> Oh, also, by the way, Sheik Hercules Hernandez was dressed as Friday. This is very puzzling just because, like, <laughs> that not, sentence. There, there's a lot of things in that. Sheik Hercules. <laughs> Don't worry about it. None of it. that goes together. The Greek guy with the with the Sheik stuff on. And but he's, he's dressed, also a Hernandez. And he's also dressed like Friday from, you know, Kamala <laughs> yes. fame. It's like, what? I, well, because he's a sheik because he's with Skandor Akbar. That was like yeah. a thing, but I don't know. Let's just see what happened here. We get to see the clip here of the Iceman drop kicking Kamala a few times and Last week, apparently, Bill Watts was on commentary, so okay. okay. The ref gets bumped, and then a very uh, large, you know, second Friday runs out, Quinn. Which JR already spoiled by saying it was Herc before they played the clip. Yeah, so we're not surprised. We're yeah. like, yeah, that's Hercules. Boyd Pierce is also on commentary with Bill Watts, and he's like, ah, ass man, King Parsons. <laughs> and he rolled the ass man back into the ring. He just keeps saying Ass it. Ass man. Ha! <laughs> That's how he talks. Man. Yeah, it's like, and here he is, ass man. <laughs> it's like, real. You are the ass man. You are the ass man. You are the ass man. Kamala has a splash, though, to get the win, and then Friday 2 on NASA, and of course it is Sheik Hercules Hernandez. By the way, Herc in shorts and high socks, like <laughs> Friday, it like makes him look small. Oddly. It does. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's just he looks tiny. And he's very Hernandez yeah. here, by the way. Yeah. Like, this is very oh, Hernandez. Yeah, he's in Hernandez mode. He's not like Hercules. I'm actually Hercules. He's not Greek. No. He, he's, he's, he's Hispanic Spanish, or yeah. something. <laughs> like, I don't know what he is. <laughs> now, quick question for you, though. I know I might be overthinking it. Uh huh. But why even dress like Friday if he's just going to immediately take his mask off? And what I mean is, like, Who's he fooling? You're not allowed to interfere anyway, whether you're Hercules or whether you're Friday or whatever. Okay, so, like, so what's the point so of dressing he, like so, Friday? Okay, this is what I think was going on. This okay. is my theory. Kamala's there, right? Yeah. So, the ass man, he's like, he's he's like, well, Kamala's wrestling. Friday should be here, right? And he was. Now, Friday usually doesn't do diddly dick. Nothing. He just makes sure Kamala doesn't like get out of control or something. Like, he wears that's shorts. Like, he wears shorts, right? <laughs> so the theory is that the ass man wasn't expecting to get jumped. And then Hercules is like, well, I don't need this disguise anymore. I did. I got the jump on him. You know what <laughs> I mean? He could have so just come he, out as Hercules. 
No, but if he was standing there, he was standing there the whole time. Remember? So he was trying to fool the ass man. Right. He was trying okay. to fool the ass man. Exactly. <laughs> you are the ass man. Yeah. Back to Jr. Who says that wasn't cool. Maybe he was a good guy, by the way. But Joel Watts looks really, really, really stupid on television. He's very geeky, and he's like, he looks like he's seven years old and has acne <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's very weird. We would probably look equally stupid, but we're not being paid to be on television. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's so. what I always say. It's like we're not. We're on not supposed TV. to be. We're on a podcast. This is different. This is the daddy. Yeah. Daddy is his promoter. Like Bill Watts isn't my boss. No, so, thankfully. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't be able it's, to It's a little that. different. I wouldn't be able to have jump off the top rope in my house, you know? But you wouldn't be allowed to jump off anything. <laughs> Only second. Second row. <laughs> anyway, up to Boyd Pierce now, who introduces Kamala with Friday and Skandor Akbar. That's great. And guess what? Tim Horner's going to be the opponent because, of course, Tim Horner's here. He seems like the right yeah. jobber here. Like, <laughs> right. Of course he is. A referee, here's a name, Pee Wee Anderson. Yeah, we, know we, him. we know him. We have a bell lock up here. Horner avoids Kamala, though, a few times before trying a headlock, getting slammed down off the rope. Shoulder block does nothing. Meanwhile, Joel ponders about Kamala and Herc and subterfuge. <laughs> Get ready for that. <laughs> yes. Won't stop fucking saying it. Just please stop. <laughs> you don't Joel like Joel, huh? He's bad. He is bad. And listen, I can tell by Joel's knowledge. Again, I want to give him credit. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. Yes. He's just, he belongs behind the scenes. Yeah. Like he is. 100% I can tell that he probably has a mind for the business Absolutely. and he's probably very good at what he does. Yep. This is not what he does. No, so no. So he's not good at it. <laughs> right. right, that's all. That's all there is to it. Yeah. You know, the thing that strikes me, even after a week, I, I've been thinking about it and I think what Hercules Hernandez did by coming down Who cares? Kamala clubs away with big forearms and chops for like 18 minutes here. Irish whip, big chop, and then some choking. Mm-hmm. Warner with a pair of standing drop kicks, the second of which, though, Kamala simply sidesteps. Back to the choking and the punches, and I gotta say, I like JR a lot here, by the way, in Mid-South. This is where he made a name for himself. Yeah, he's professional, he's concise, he's not really trying to be Gordon, either. No. He's just being Jim Ross. He's very JR. He very, ha! Ask you. Ask you. Big overhand right by Kamala, more stuff like that. You know Kamala's offense. Right. Very it's, basic. It's Kamala. He's got to do what he's got to do. It's young Kamala, too, so he's a little more jovial and moving around That's a lot. That's some Jove. Yeah. <laughs> a little Jove. Yeah. Uh, Kamala with a pancake drop, and then a big splash off the ropes for the win. Another perfectly acceptable match here. I always like seeing Kamala actually do something good instead of, like, falling down because of The Undertaker. You know, you know what we, I mean? We always judge him based on WF because he's much older there. He's kind of, like, getting ready to retire, Well, basically. 90s WWF, yeah. Yeah. But this he, is like his prime. He's good in the 80s. He's, he's, he's fun. He's, he's acceptable. Yeah, he yeah. is. Uh, we go to breakdown and come back where JR is recapping how last week he was talking to Ted DiBiase. Apparently, DiBiase was dressed really nice last <laughs> week or something. He oh, just, class. That's like, JR just like throws that in. He doesn't like dwell on it. No. You know what? I don't even think we see him in a suit at all in this thing, even though they keep talking about it. We don't. We just hear JR like, oh, he was dressed hot class or Why whatever. They show that if that's like a big part of the thing. I don't know. Like, I don't know. But anyway, there was this tag match where apparently Teddy replaced Buddy Rydell right. in a match with Dr. Death taking on Hacksaw Dugan and Terry Taylor. So we see clips now from last week where DiBiase and Dugan are going at it. And I have to say, Quinn, I kind of like this style of showing a short clip from the week before for any new people. So they're getting yeah. like caught up. The problem with this clip, though, was that I was very confused because in the middle of it, Buddy Landell runs out. Yes. And they don't really explain, like, no. is he in the match or what's going on? No, they like, don't. It's confusing, because especially because the ending of this clip. Yeah, which you'll see here. So DiBiase, who doesn't have a beard yet, by the way, he loads up that glove on the outside and... And here he is. Buddy Landell has wandered in. Remember, he's not supposed to be in the match. But he DiBiase was replaced to be him. In the ma- yeah, yes. exactly. 
So Teddy nails Dugan on the outside with the loaded glove, then wanders in and gets punched by Terry Taylor. Meanwhile, Dr. Death comes in to trip the rooster, and DiBiase clams on the figure four, but Duggan sneaks in with an elbow to break it, and this whole thing is, like, really well done. Yeah, it, it, it's chaos, but, like, it's very exciting for, like, 1985. It is. Yeah. It's, it's fresh, you know? Yeah. Doc back in now, he slugs it out with Duggan. Meanwhile, Buddy Landell sneaks in again, attacks Duggan from behind, which referee Ron West seems to be okay with. And in all of a commotion, Terry Taylor pins Buddy Landell. Okay, well, he wasn't even in the match. That's what so, I don't get. So, okay, once we're going over this again, is the theory this is that because he was supposed to be in the original match, kind of like the Owen Hart thing from, like, you know, the yes. two dudes with attitudes yes. and shit. And guess what? You know who was booking in WWF during that period of time? Bill Watts. Yes. Yes. This makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> How about that? Except That's interesting. Bill Watts, it's, it's the elevated version where it matters because the belts are on the line. <laughs> yeah, this is just a grudge match, right? God, that's Good interesting. Point. That is interesting. It's the same fucking thing. It's the same thing. Look at that. Thing. Look what we uncovered there. Yeah. Uh, back to JR and Opie here as they <laughs> talk about how next week there's going to be a best dressed man contest. Weird. So how is... Did this shit get started here? Is, is this, this like, is this like how this ah, tuxedo shit got started? So DiBiase probably like I'm really well dressed and you're not, Doug, and you're a slob. Right. Then they have a contest and that probably leads to the tuxedo matches. Yeah. Right? And if you don't know about the, tux- it's like this very famous thing. It's that appa- good. That apparently like it's the thing that got DiBiase and Duggan like on Vince's radar big time. Yes. Even though DiBiase had been in WWF before, but like yeah, but not as anything. Apparently this it's it's it's. it's it's always been rumored that whatever went down in this tuxedo match, like, really convinced Vince to, like, I need to get these guys. Well, this is just, yeah, no, you're right, because yeah. Duggan was a hell of a worker in Mid-South. Right. He didn't have to in WWF, which no one ever realizes, you know? Right. He could, yeah. didn't need to, so he didn't. Like uh, a lot of WWF guys <laughs> yeah. back then, they were just working to the style. That's it. Uh, and DiBiase was always good as a right. worker. He was. So, yeah, no, that feud was a hot feud, and, and people were into it, and I think Vince, yeah, someone got it on Vince's radar. Right. Someone was like, you gotta so, check this out. So that's why we're talking about this tuxedo match, like, it's, like, some historical, like, major thing, because it actually is. It's a, it's the thing that probably, like, is the reason why the Million Dollar Man started, the reason why Duggan was in WWF in yep. such a huge name. Yep. You know? Absolutely right. Uh, anyway, now up to Boyd Pierce again, who introduces the North American champion, Ted DiBiase. Like he's always the North American <laughs> champion, like everywhere he goes. What is that? always the North American champion. <laughs> His opponent is the horrible private Terry Daniels. In full uniform. This guy... See, he like, is a private. Listen, I, I get what he's doing. Like, there's probably a lot of people who are in the Marines and stuff and appreciate it. No, no, no. That's different. Yeah, it's not about that. It's just that he's like... Shitty. He's just not good. He's very he's bad. Like, it's almost like kind of like insulting, yeah, right? It's like a terrible it's like, wrestler. He's terrible. He, he wears the uniform and that's great. And yeah. he should have pride in no that. No qualms about that. But like when you take it off and you're just a big jobber, it's just like this yeah. stinks. I don't care what his gimmick is. Yeah, he's yeah. a horrible wrestler. Exactly. That's the point. It's not the military aspect. Carl Fergie is going to be our referee. <laughs> <laughs> that, that name stuck out. Fergie. Fergie. Uh, Logum and DiBiase rides a side headlock, but Daniels flips out. Both men up, armoring her by Daniels. The announcers talk about how Ted DiBiase likes America because that's where the money's at. We're already doing that. Also, can I point out that I hate Joel Watts again? <laughs> he just feels like a big, well, actually, like it's generally annoying. That's he, like my, that's, it's generally annoying. <laughs> Private Terry Daniels is American and he likes America, but Ted DiBiase does too because that's where you get all the money. Like Ridiculous. that type of thing. He's like, like Mike he, Tanay. He's Wall Street, <laughs> even though the movie's not out yet. 
No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, hip toss by Teddy. Arm drag into an arm bar. As Jared randomly starts bragging about how DiBiase played football in school. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, he can't already. help himself. He, 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 he's probably about big time football. <laughs> Nebraska or whatever it is. Linebacker. <laughs> like, shut up. I don't care. Like, every time he, like, butts in with that shit. It's I like, know. I wouldn't even be surprised because I don't watch AEW, but I wouldn't even be surprised if there's like, even somebody who, like, remotely played high school sports. Like, Jared's like, you're a big uh, cornerback. Back there in uh in uh his, his school in yeah. Tuscaloosa, uh, <laughs> class two thousand fourteen. Yeah, like, like the weird. Like, Shut up! It's like <laughs> it's like five years ago. It went to a national championship. It's like it's I don't ESPN. care about fucking football. I'm watching wrestling. These guys are never going to play football ever again. Like, it's, it's like it's not happening. Yeah, right. Uh, the only one that did was Brock Lesnar, right? Like, didn't he like go back to football or he was something? Stinky though. He was like on the Vikings. Like, they didn't even make it past training camp Good. or something. Good. We're up to a standing position here in Daniel's forearms out, but DiBiase back in control with an Irish whip and duck under a Daniel's with a high cross body for two. Meanwhile, Joel says "G whiz" like it's the fucking fifties over here. Well, he is Opie. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Haskell. (laughs) Anyway, a small package gets one. DiBiase up with some punches. Corner whip. Stomps in the corner. He tries to figure four, but Daniels kicks off. Very bold of him. Uh, Back up. Corner whip is reversed. Daniels with the backdrop. Terry heads up top now. Joel's openly rooting for him, by the way. Shut up, first of all. And then Daniels misses a drop kick from the top. Which would have been a DQ, Joel says. Yeah, we're doing this. Yes, it's a Bill Watts staple. So wait, he's not DQ'd because it failed? Yes, I guess. Is that, is that the law? I mean, so, you know what the problem with all of this is? It's stupid, A. Yeah, but if you're going to do it, right, the moment you go to the top, you should be DQ'd. It should, like, or it jump. How about it jump? It shouldn't have to do with, like, if you did any, like, if you hit the move or something. <laughs> like, no, it's like, it gets too confusing, yeah, right? You're like, like if, if he came off the top in any way, it doesn't matter. Right, it's like you still get arrested if you try to rob somebody and fail. Yeah, wouldn't it be attempted top rope yes. move? Like, you still get that, DQ'd for that. The intent is there. Yes, the intent is to jump off the top rope. Now, if you go to the second rope, that's fine. You're you're within the rules. You're right? expressing your intent. Yeah. I agree. But if you're if you're just on the top, if you're even on the top. What are you like, doing up there? Because isn't the whole point of the rule supposed to be like for safety in kayfabe or something? Like I guess, but that's also why there's no mats outside. I don't know. I don't know. Why are there no mats? Well, if there was mats, maybe then you would be allowed to jump off the top. Oh, you see what I mean? Because if you fell off your right. if you fell off by accident, you break fall on mats. You don't want to break your ankle. Yeah, exactly. Smart. Once they got mats, they obviously had a kayfabe reason to explain why you could could jump off the top. That's why you don't want to get thrown over the top rope either. Same thing. There's no mats there. It's still amazing to me, Joe, that because of Mid-South specifically and this rule, that there was no jumping off the top rope in WCW with the cruiserweights in like 1996. Like the NWO is coming in and they're still doing this shit. They have to like quietly ignore it. But it has nothing. It's not the NWO why they don't have it. It's the cruiserweights Cruiserweights. are the real reason it has to stop. I'm just amazed that Bill Watson 11 years (laughs) ago. 11 fucking years this thing lingered. I'm just amazed that Vince didn't adopt this when Watts was there in 95. Can you imagine? What would Shawn Michaels even do? Like one of his main moves is an elbow off the top. Like one of his, moves. yeah, you're right, like, yeah, like well, like he's one of your main guys. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, good thing that didn't happen. Uh, DiBiase snaps on a Boston Crab for the win. Good. I mean, this is okay, but Daniel stinks. Yeah, it was a decent match. It was so. fine. It was yeah. short. You know what I like about this? The pacing is great on this yeah. show. Nothing is too long. It's not bad. It's a very I the opening well match paced. was like a minute or two <laughs> a over. Minute. Well, because it's like the opening match is always very important to me. How short it is. That's I agree. All. No, yeah. if it's too long. Yeah. Yeah, it could be hurting. Yeah. Uh, we got a break anyway. Come back with the ass man, King Parsons, in the ring with a uh, couple of little people here. Little Coco 
mm-hmm. and Cowboy Lang. So a very 70s like <laughs> overdub song plays like almost like hilariously like it's like very this is where an overdub is really out of place. Yes. Like it doesn't fit. I, I actually wonder in the what ring. even was the song. I don't know. Probably some commercial track. Yeah. Maybe Ass Man had his own like. I'm an ass man. Yeah that was what it was. Yeah. Introducing first in the blue corner the Ass Man King Carson. Right. Uh, but their opponents are Jack Victory, who we're told is from New Jersey. That's oh, great. Jack Victory. Uh, with Little Tokyo and Lord Little Brick. Look at those two. We know yeah. them. Hey, for at least for your sake, Quinn, it's not Haiti Kid. Yeah, but Jack Victory is just unfortunate. <laughs> he, he sucks, he, right? He is so bad. Are we? Look. I think we've the verdict is in on Jack we, Victory. <laughs> like, I, I really, at this point. Have we ever seen anything good with him? No, no he's generally right? just irritating like not in the like heel way just in the like i don't want to watch him <laughs> this is bad in a wrestling match yeah. way i just doesn't seem good a uh, victory in the ass man lockup as jr calls this the number one wrestling program during a midget match i sort of love this bullshit i though. know so okay let can we did we explain that like the whole way into this they're like this is the first time ever <laughs> sorry right? yes yes this is the first time ever that the big men teamed up with the midgets now I want to note, point something out here. Go ahead. Is that if you notice, yes. Little Tokyo and Lord Littlebrook are yes. on the same team. That happened at WrestleMania 3. It did. And the same thing in WF where it's like the first time ever. Yes. Little men with big men. Yes. In the King Kong Bundy thing. Yes. That was a lot better than this, though. Is, is it safe to say that Tokyo and Littlebrook were essentially just doing the same thing? I'm sure this like, happened plenty of times in other territories. Yeah. Right. But it's just sure. weird that this, that this act specifically happened at WrestleMania 3. I'm not surprised, though, you know, because, I mean, there's no new ideas, right? I guess In wrestling, not. I'm sure this was done before this, too, somewhere. If any of you are midget wrestling experts, you can please let us know. This was a historic moment. That's right. Uh, Aspen with a body slam and a very crappy drop kick. Victory bails out. Tokyo and Lang are in line with an arm bar. Little Brook runs in, so Coco comes in to break that up as Ron West chases them around. Lang with an Irish whip and a backdrop. Little Brook and Coco in now. Little Brook tries a knee to the head, but hurts his knee. Get it? His head is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tokyo tries now, but gets beat up, so he literally crawls back over like a baby to Little Brook. Coco with a Coco butt. Irish whip. Head down. Kicked by Little Brook. Victory sneaks in a knee on Little Coco. So the ass man comes in to literally carry him to the corner. The big guys are going at it again. And may we remind you that Joel Watts is a big dork. He's a huge nerd. And He's I terrible. Like this. <laughs> it's, I like nerdy stuff. And maybe I'm a nerd. However, I don't want to hear a nerd going like, yeah, actually in a subterfuge. And like, it's like, I don't want to hear that on this. I don't blame you. The ass man tags in both little guys at the same time, which shouldn't be legal, but whatever. JR literally yells Vincism. What a maneuver! What a maneuver! Uh, ass man throws Coco at victory, lends an elbow for the win. I don't know, whatever. It's slapstick. It was fine. It was silly, and actually, I thought it was pretty charming. Was I, I, I like this. It was okay. I was okay with this, yeah. and I could see, again, why it would be picked up by a sports entertainment company yes. and done on a bigger scale. Yes, I agree with you. 100%. It, it's totally, the crowd was into it. It's easy like, to follow, you it's know. It's easy to follow. It's a fun little, like, break in the middle of the action. Like, five minutes. Who's yeah. it hurting? The purists it's, out there, maybe, but that's it. We got a break now. We come back where Boyd Pierce is introducing the dynamic team of Jake the Snake Roberts. Okay. And she, Hercules Hernandez. Ridiculous. What a team, huh? Ridiculous. Fantastic. Their opponents now. <laughs> Sean Michaels and Jason Walker. Yeah, Sean Michaels in 1980, like February 1985. He is very baby Hi! here. And Jason Walker is just not hardworking. Oh. Like, like the real 
Like Bobby Walker? Yeah, exactly. Hi, welcome, Bobby Walker. Uh, Jake apparently also stole the great Muda's pants. What, what is with these red karate I've pants? I've seen him in that. I have two. Yeah, it's it's used to be, I guess those were the pants he had back in the day, and then he decided to get tight. Vince is like, don't fucking wear those. Yeah, like, can you wear snake tights, please? Yeah, can you not wear that? You look stupid. He's tall, and it makes him look less tall because he's got these big, like, cowboy chaps yeah, on. Like, it's weird. It makes him look like he just got out of bed or something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, suddenly the ass man, King Parsons, wanders in with a giant leather strap, and he chases the heels out of the ring. Okay, geez, calm down, ass man. Like, chill. Because <laughs> he actually, like, he nails him, right? Yeah, he like, sneaks in a whip over the rope to Hercules, which JR is like, oh my god, he hit him! Let's you go to break! It. Like, it was like, it actually, oh, yeah. like, hit his skin. He did hit him. Yeah. And then we just go to break. We come back now, where Boyd Pierce is just announcing a new match. I guess we're just moving on. Right, I guess Mid-South is just outside the box. That was that was really to put you just like, you're like, wow, that's crazy. Like, they just stopped the match because he got him. I know, but like, I wanted to see Shawn Michaels and Jake Roberts and Hercules. Well, I'm sure Shawn was signed on for the taping. This is clearly like a tryout match, too. He's like, yeah. uh, he's like a baby here. I honestly forgot or didn't know that he even worked Mid-South. If I had to guess... I'm not even kidding. He is so close to have been literally working with Jose Lothario, just learning how to wrestle. I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, Lothario used his connections. He called up Watts. I got this guy. And he's like, can he just, like, try out in a match? And Watts is like, okay, we got a couple things for him on this next taping session. And this was one of them. I guess, Quinn, you're probably right. I mean, you know he debuted in October of 84, so it's four months in. Yeah, to his this is literally career. like a, a phone call from Jose. Yep, probably friends with Bill Watts. Yep, and saying I got this kid. Can he do a few? Can he do a few job spots? He needs some experience. Take a look like, at him. Yeah. yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. maybe because he had just started with World Class in January. Like he's very new here. Exactly, really new. Yep. So anyway, got another match here. And first, it's Doctor Death being introduced. <sighs> Your favorite, yep. Steve Williams, uh, my boy. Then Duggan storms out as his opponent. Good. Yes. Mid-South Duggan. excellent. He's amazing. Yeah. I love him. JR literally says, this is going to be a slobber knocker. He's already saying that, huh? I did not this know early. That. I didn't know that was a thing for him either. That early? Well, and of course he loves it, though, Quinn. It's got Dr. Death. Yeah, you know, my, my boy. Best thing ever. My, my, my little boy. My little boy. My baby boy. Lock up here. They tussle around for a bit. Joel Dork Ass Wattsnail pats Grizzly Smith on the back again for being a good promoter. Stop! <laughs> like, enough! Stop talking about that! We're not supposed to know about it! Like, again, like, I can't believe they're letting him say that. What I don't understand is why... That's, isn't that very breaking the fourth wall? Because why is this a good match? What makes a match good? Aren't you just... Isn't it just supposed to be people that win and lose? You know what I'm saying? Like... From a sporting aspect. Okay, no, I think I, I get that aspect that it's a good match. Why? Because they're both not jobbers, and you don't <laughs> get that on TV usually. But wouldn't you just do that all the time then? Why is he made such a good promoter? You know what I'm the saying? Money's got to be right or whatever. Oh, like right. Purse, purse money. Or whatever. They only perform at the big time when it's okay. when they're in some filthy fucking arena that's not on TV. Apparently, they get paid more for <laughs> well, that. Well, maybe Grizzly does deserve a pat yeah, on the back yeah. then for being able to put all this together, Quinn. But we're not supposed to even know that that's how it works. Remember Grizzly Smith? We're supposed to think that like the wrestlers come to like agreements with their agents and like you know yeah, what i mean like true. it's a sport right you're right I'm like sorry. that it's like boxing or something it is a little bit like boxing yeah. apparently yeah uh hip toss by dugan and an elbow drop he misses a second though doc lands a chin lock 
Duggan, though, with some elbows. Doc stays in control. Doc with a headbutt. Irish whip, back elbow. He heads to the second row. Misses a flying crappy. Duggan with lefts and rights. Irish whip in a clothesline. Elbow drop. Irish whip in a double collision, which sends both men to the outside. They climb up to the apron, though, where Duggan rams Doc's arm into the ring post. Nails a three-point stance for the win. Good stuff. This is a nice ending. Good. I, I liked every... This is a nice, quick little, like, Duggan Brawly. just gets it. Like, yeah. It's like death was, like, pretty hard to beat. You know, as it usually is. Yeah, I just very metaphorical. But for real, he, he was very. He was like Duggan. He's just tough. Es- he just escaped. Yep. Like D- Doctor Death is a hard opponent. That's what I mean about big men. You yeah. know, what I'm saying this, this yeah. is the type of territory where these guys were more the focus yeah. than yeah. like oh the hi we're high flyers. You know, yeah, like, exactly. you don't have any of that here. I agree. Not a, not a lot anyway. Good stuff though, right? Nice mm-hmm. little quick, yeah, quick fun little match. And now what's interesting at this point in time, they're yeah. like there's like four minutes oh, yeah, or this, something like, this on the gets show, funny. and they're and they're like. They're like, well, don't don't go away. We still got a, a title match. And like, like, what? And there's like literally four minutes it's left. It's amazing. I'm not kidding. So we come back here, and there's a very loud dub song welcoming Hector Guerrero. And Hector is all proud in his hat and Chavo Classics with him. The governor cook is a good idea. Yeah, but the, here's the thing. Again, we have like less than four minutes. There's entrances, and there's a title on the line. <laughs> That's right. His opponent, the Mid-South Television Champion, Terry Taylor. Now, is he the champion? Yeah. I can't, because he doesn't have a belt. Boyd Pierce said it. That's how I know. stupid. But he said it. Okay. That's how I know. Hector Guerrero. Outside the ring, his brother, Gabo Guerrero. His opponent, the Mid-South Television title holder from Vero Beach, Florida, Terry Taylor. I care a real lot. I love Terry Taylor. He's the greatest here and as you said yeah four minutes left in this tv time remaining which is very funny uh lock up here hector with a drop toe hold and they're rolling around guys tv time tv time (laughs) and there's like two minutes left (laughs) there's like nothing yeah both men are up the waist lock by taylor switch and we have a standoff here greco roman crisscross dug under by hector taylor ends a quick pin for two pair of arm drags hector begs off but lands a headbutt to the Cock. Snap suplexed by Hector and a leg drop. Snapmare off the ropes, but Taylor gets the knees up on a splash. Terry now with an Irish whip. Nice backdrop. Big rights. Irish whip again. Reverse. Hector do- ducks down. Chavo trips Taylor on the outside. Hector with a spinning toe hold. And then the Rock and Roll Express wander out. What the hell? They're they, here? They, they work here? God. What? They hop. <laughs> this is really funny. They hop in the ring with their street clothes. So the ref's like, no, you don't come in the ring. Yeah. DQ. <laughs> and and Hector all funny. Get that! It's very like, he funny. Just yells it really loud. You can like the mic picks it up. <laughs> also, Joel says subterfuge again. Like, Why? He somehow squeezes that in in the last like minute. Did he just learn that word today? It's the third time I counted. It's Dean the third Douglas. time he said this in this entire show, and it's only forty <laughs> minutes. Horrible. Uh, Chavo and Hector are pissed off as Ricky Morton takes off his shirt. And it's insane, Quinn, that Ricky Morton's like 28 or something here, and he already looks old. I don't know how he does it. I don't understand. <laughs> like, we're 34, 35. He, he looks way older than we look now. He, he looks way older than most people that age. <laughs> look, like the majority of humans. How is he 28? I, I, I don't, like, majority of human males don't look like that at age 28. Like, it's crazy. And his partner, too. Like, how do they both yes. look old always? Yeah, it's really it's weird. It's impressive. Well, here's the thing is that um, Ricky Morton, remember when he cut his hair and he looked like fucking like Don Henley or something? <laughs> like, And like he looked like way younger in like the 90s. Don Henley, yes. It's it's amazing. Like he really, like it's the hair. It's the mullet makes him look older, which is a weird thing to say, but, but it's but it true. Does. Ricky Morton specifically, because when he cuts his hair, he looks like... He looks like 30. 
Like he looks like his age when he cuts his hair. Yes. Yeah, it's it's incredible. When he has the mullet, he looks like forty one or something. Yeah, it's I, real. He, when he's twenty, <laughs> like like in his in his mid thirties, he cuts his hair and he looks like he's thirty two. It's like, <laughs> it's insane. You're absolutely right, though. I, uh, but <laughs> anyway, everyone just bickers here, and we go back to Jr., who sends us home and to the credits. Executive producer Bill Watts, director. Oral Link. That's not a real That's name. That's a toothbrush, yeah, isn't it? I don't understand that. Cameras. P.S. White. Are you... There's no PlayStation way. PlayStation White? <laughs> what? I don't understand. Michael P.S. White. Yeah. Matchmaker Grizzly Smith, of course. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah. Why are they showing it? And the location for this was the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. Now, JR noted that before. Yeah. That wasn't very... This is where we yeah. are. Yeah. It's great. Anyway, Quinn, this was 100% fine with me, this show. Nothing was bad. No. Nothing was too long. It was just a nice slice of the episodic storylines going on at the time. Good palate cleanser. I liked it. Yeah, fun show. I, I can see how Mid-South made a name for themselves like yeah. during this period. Like It really was great. It's well-produced television. Yeah. It was. It kept your attention. Right. And that's something that some of these other territories aren't good at, where it's like 12-minute chinlock matches. <laughs> every it ma- sucks. Every, it feels like every episode of TV is so throwaway, and like once a month they do anything of worth. Right. But with Mid-South, it's just like... You can watch this every week. You want to come back. You want to come back. They they keep you moving along. Really well done. Very happy about it. Good thing we got the hell out of whatever rut we were in with review. Like, yeah. really, this was and nice. And WCW and WWF stuff. I know. So, you know, just to prove to you, yes, we like other things, okay? We don't just like WWF. Mm-hmm. There's a stigma. I don't know why. But I don't know. I don't know. But folks, let us know. Let us know what you think of this. If you've ever seen it, let us know your Mid-South memories. Let us know what the hell the deal was with Joel Watts. Yeah. Because I honestly don't know if he announced a lot or what. I, I'm sure he was good backstage. Yeah, I'm sure he was. And obviously, if you want to support us, like we mentioned, you can do that. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Get the pay-per-view reviews. Sign up right now. Just like try it. I'm serious. Like maybe you're drinking. Try it. Like make a bad decision. <laughs> try it. Sign up now. Uh, leave us a review if you want to, though. In all seriousness, that'd be great. And obviously, we'll be back next week to kick off October. Thanks so much for being with us here. Until next time, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first opportunity that Steve Dr. Death Williams has had to see this footage that you have just seen with us. The doctors have told him that he has a stress fracture in this arm. You've got this arm pad here. What are your feelings now in this situation? Well, Jim Ross, you know, I hate Jim Duggan. I, I despise the man. You know, he tried to put me out of my career, out of professional wrestling. Well, you know something? I went to the doctors and I asked them, I need something. I need something to protect that. And they talked about and talked about. We talked about this forearm pad, something that I used in college. Jim Ross, check that out. It looks like a legal, legal pad. You know some Jim, if I ain't, if I wasn't so tough, he could have broke my arm. But you know something like I've been in every weight room across the United States. As it says, no pain, no gain. You don't wrestle, you don't get paid. And Jim Duggan, I despise you. I'm coming, I'm coming after, after you. After you.